Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. genuine question how the fuck are all of you doing out there because i'm not doing fucking well Ooh. no exclamation point we are you know the same bro we, we we're the brothers from the same exact mother and all that stuff i'm not in the mood for this shit today oh there's too somebody's feeling spicy there's, there's too much going on too much in the world today and mm. i'm standing in a hole mm. yes it's update but- time we got to update these motherfuckers because I've had not one but two people message me recently asking me about what the fuck's going on in my home based on my ranting and raving on the previous episode. So I will update. Mm. That's where we're starting off with all this bullshit. Okay. I have a hole. <laughs> that needs to be filled? Yeah. Not emotionally either. This is mm. a real, not a metaphorical hole. There's a hole. Uh, it's been somewhat filled. It's not deep as it once was. So once I, when I once I've left you guys, the very next day, the, the trek began. I sent you photos on the progress. Mm-hmm. Giant hole, cut pipes, all kinds of nonsense. Sparks are plenty in my apartment. Flames, steam. Apparently, my apartment was the problem because the minute they opened up the floor, it was like the gates of hell. Steam came flowing into the home. All the building's heat apparently was underneath my floor because as soon as the fucking hole was made, my house felt like a fucking Nigerian sweat box. It was terrible in here. Oh, wow. For like a day. (sighs) And then they, they did everything the one day, Monday. Got everything taken care of, but then left the hole in my house. So we'll be back tomorrow to do this, this, this. And they said, well, we're going to come because they're plumbers. We're going to come in. We're going to do this pipe. We're going to fill this hole as most pipe layers do. Mm. And then they, we're, we're going to come in. You know, the super is sending in some floor people. That's right. that's how he described it. Right, right, right. And we're going to bring some floor people to come in and rewood your floor. Yes. That's a cool Makes no sense. problem. Comes Tuesday morning. I see the plumber. They're coming in. And then another set of crew comes, not from my floor, 
but ironically enough, for my bathroom. You see, I also mentioned on the show that before they started this pipe business, I had an issue with my bathroom ceiling and my two toilets. So that was the day, apparently, they decided we're going to fix AJ's whole life right now. Oh, nice. And they brought the bathroom guy in here, and my toilets got fixed, and everything got done, and look at that. No kicking, no screaming. It just kind of happened. And then the ceiling guy left, and then my toilet guys left, and then my plumbers were leaving. They took all their plastic down, swept up nice and cleanly. It started to just quietly walk out my fucking door. To which I stopped them and asked, hey, I don't know if you noticed, you poured a bunch of cement down, which is great, but I got no wood on my floor. There's a hole here. Oh, yes, the super was supposed to bring some floor people, but they never came. You got to talk to the super. I talk to the super, who then talks to his guy, who then talks to that guy, who then talks to the building management. And then there's a whole circle going around. The end result is they don't know when they're coming to fix the wood on my floor. It's just a fucking, it's just there. I'm standing in it right now. Right, right. For metaphorical purposes, because I don't need to stand in it, but I'm just being spiteful right now. And I'm standing in my goddamn hole. I would imagine the problem they could be having is that it's not a full job, it's a repair. And if they don't have a contract with the flooring company as it is, it's going to be extremely difficult to get someone out there to repair it. Not that you won't be able to, Mm -hmm. but it'll be very difficult because God forbid anything happens. Now that floor company is held liable for whatever goes on on that floor. So if you end up having any complaints, now they have to fix your issue. Mm. So I don't, I don't know if they're having an issue getting someone, but I could definitely see a problem with just needing to fix a hole. A lot of floor companies ain't really going to want to do that shit. Well, here's the thing. This guy, the hole was dug six days ago. Some sort of idea. Even if that's the explanation, giving me that explanation would be nice. They just keep, well, telling, me, a- they just keep telling me, we'll get back to you. We'll I'm you know. a flooring guy. They probably don't even know either, to be honest with they you. Again, I don't know, know that they're said. having an issue getting someone. But if someone was supposed to come and didn't show up, either they dropped the ball like the guy has been doing, or they're having trouble getting someone to accept this job. <laughs> or they don't want to pay extra. See, that's the thing, too. They'll come out. <laughs> but you're paying for damn near a whole floor just to get something repaired. And that's not an easy repair. What is that? Uh that's solid hardwood, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and you have concrete floors, so it was probably glued. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's not an easy job to do. Well, look at you. You joined the, you're rooting for the villain in this story. No, no, I'm not rooting for anybody. I'm just, I'm just trying to give you some peace of you, mind. You haven't, you haven't seen, forever. you haven't seen the Hawkeye series, right? No. There's a, there's a. There was a lot of hubbub about in the series. There's a scene where Clint is drinking hot cocoa out of a mug, but he, he must he seemingly got the mug out of like a convenience store or like a nearby tourist thing in New York because the the mug is completely white except for like some purple lettering and it says Thanos was right. Mm. And yeah, that's like a theme of the show. Like there's a group of people that were just like, no, Thanos was correct. He did the right thing. So, so that's what I was saying. You got you, you're you're so the you're still on today, my side, right? but you're drinking out of a the super was right mug right now. Listen, no, I'm not saying the super <laughs> was right. No, 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 no. He's wrong. He should be explaining this stuff to you. But that's what happens when you're pussy because you don't want to have the confrontation and talk. 
with people saying, "Hey, listen, man, oh yeah, he I was avoiding know, me. Big time. I don't know how long this is gonna take. I can't find anybody to do this job." Yeah, he was avoiding me big time. The plumbers came knocking on my door on my own. He didn't even come over here, fucking. Person. That oh, and I just remembered that, and they would have to find the same exact floor. And Lord knows when that floor was done, and yeah. considering everything that's been going, the on oldest with floor in the books. Yeah, considering what everything's going on with wood. Maybe they can't find the same floor. Wait a minute. What? Update us. What's going on in the wood game? What are you talking about? What's going on? What you mean? You haven't been alive the past like you said. Two you said years? after everything that's been going on with yeah, wood, I'm like, what's wood, happening with the wood? No, yo, I'm not wood up. Was more expensive than fucking gold at one point, dude. What oh, are you talking man. about? Oh man, wood is getting like that now. Dude, people were oh man, that shit was crazy. But with that being said, there's the a great wood a shortage of, of 2020. What happened? Dude, what did I miss? You laughing, my serious. Look that shit up. It's crazy. So there was a lot of different things going on with products that were just straight wood. Like even things, for instance, like if you if you work anywhere and you use wood for anything in like, your company, you couldn't replace those things because getting that stuff was either hard to get because people weren't using wood to make random shit. Like they, they, the cost of it was too expensive. I believe it was the reason probably not probably a little deeper because I didn't really look into it, but I'm almost certain that was part of the reason or at least an explanation to was why the housing boom that happened recently was because of the shortage of wood and how expensive or the pricing price gouge of, of wood fucking skyrocketed dude you had to have heard this no i'm not up i don't get the newsletter you didn't see the memes of the guy driving a truck full of wood saying guy just hit the lotto no oh my god you've been living in a rock that that, that news did not make its way to i live in a rock next door and i saw that shit dude for shame (laughs) you should be ashamed of yourself i don't think that news made it to new york we're not big on the wood game up here we we outsource that stuff we, yeah, we're not cutting the, wood down here or up here. Part of the reason housing went up, or at least the excuse they used to fucking spike housing prices was because of the 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 increase of price of uh, wood. I don't know about that. Here in New York, whenever the housing becomes an issue, they just usually blame it on the Negroes or the Muslims. Well, it's usually yeah, one well, or the other. Listen, they don't, look, they don't go the natural resources route, which probably fi- would be smarter. Finding that wood in general would be difficult nowadays i that could be an issue that they're Wait, having so then what the hell are we talking about the, the, my floors never getting fixed at least not in the you, well town. unfortunately if i were a betting man i would say your floor is never getting fixed without them having to redo your entire home because your wood flows through the entire house yeah it's like a so goes all the way around yeah so in order they would have to do one of three things one find the wood to replace the one that they ripped out that matches, which is going to stand out like a sore thumb because yours has wear and tear on it, whereas whatever they put in is going to be fresh and new. But so they couldn't they panel like couldn't they cut like a like that section and rewood that, and then when I'm done with the apartment, just then redo the whole thing. They wouldn't have to redo the whole thing now. I'm not staying I mean, here forever. It would, it would be based on what they want to do, right? Like even if they were. So what you're talking about is a couple thousand dollars in repair. Like, are they willing to do that is the problem. Now, they're not going to do a section. If anything, they're just going to repair the one part. But again, it's going to stand out like a sore thumb. So it's up to them if they want to do that. 
And that's sketchy because the people living in the house, most people are going to bitch about that because they don't like that. Right. But which, also, what's, which rightfully what's, the legal, so. what's the legal ramifications of the fact that they decided to drill this hole against my, I didn't, I didn't ask them to drill this hole. Well, and that's I, when we get and back I got a seven-year-old here in my home. What happens? He fucking cracks and, his head and, on the And one, one, one week later, we loop back to my same argument about there should be more legal action in the homeowner association or whatever you want to put apartment buildings underneath or apartments or renting in general. Well, this particular because apartment they would just fall fucking under wing homeowner. It. No, because they're winging it. There's no legality behind this, yeah. right? Like, you shouldn't be paying for something that is broken that that happens nowhere else but in apartments where your whole half your house could be fucked up but yet you're still expected to pay full rent that shit is just crazy to me so for them to for you to have a big ass hole in your ground that's a problem that's a problem on many scales like you could talk about asbestos or whatever if that's even a thing underneath floors just things of that manner you don't know what's underneath that floor like you said that floor's been down for so long all that shit could be in your house the concrete you don't know what was in that ground all that mold and stuff got exposed if there's even any down there because of the moisture of had the to have been had. there had to be moisture down there. dude all that stuff is exposed in your home yet they get to wing it because there's no legal action there's no normalized legal action for apartment complexes it's just it just doesn't exist whether there's no money in it or not enough people are fighting for that branch of lawyer to come in and take care of shit but what they're doing right now i would assume is a breach of contract you're paying full for something that is busted you have no information on when it's going to get fixed nor do they they don't know how to fix that fucking problem dude you can't match the floor they can fix it by just getting it randomly done, but then it looks like shit. So now you're rushing roulette to see if the person in the apartment just lets it fly or not. At the end of the day, nothing is matching that floor. Even if you get the same floor, it's not going to match because of wear and tear. You're going to see fresh new floor in the middle of 13-year-old hardwood floor that's aged with footsteps and mopping and stuff like that. So... I don't know. I I think they didn't consider what happens when you fix it because they had tunnel vision on the fix and they're trying to figure out how to get the floor repaired without doing your entire apartment because A, it's going to cost a fucking arm and a leg and B, they got to deal with you bitching about replacing you or moving you somewhere. Well, I'm not the one doing the bitching. You know how that No, goes. no, no, no. I'm not <laughs> saying you specifically. I'm yeah. saying as a person who owns the apartment, I have to either do A, which is repair the floor, and then all the branching off that comes off with that, and then B, presenting that to the person who lives there, saying, A, either we're going to fucking be in your house all week with you there, which means you have to either be there or allow someone to be there without you there, without your shit, or B, we move you out to a hotel for a week and we do your floor, and now I have to pay for a hotel and pay for the floor. Well, that's not this happening. is why they're afraid to talk to you because they don't even know what the fuck they're doing. And this is all assumption, but educated assumptions. Mm. Man, it sounds like you could work at a place something that deals with this stuff and you could explain it better. Yeah. Mm. No, good. Did it for 10 years. Don't feel like doing that anymore. <laughs> fuck that. 
Sounds like it. Well, you that. you said before we went on, you've had yourself a long weekend. What's going on with you? Uh, it's just a lot of not sleeping and stuff. You know that mm. stuff. But mm. we're we're back on track. We're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Doing so, all right. Doing all right, man. I got up, got the reading a little bit with uh, some of this fun and interesting stuff that you sent me. Oh, my, my, my wheels got the turning. Got the turning. I'm ready to start talking about people in the world. Well, well, let's let's dive in a little bit here because I want to indulge. Where do you want to start? I, and I, then we got some new shit too. Yes, we, so I, I don't know where you want to start with this. Okay, so I'm going to start with the non-wrestling topic first, since the rest of it is kind of all flowing into each other. But last week we broke my sports streak. I hadn't I hadn't spoken much about sports. In a while, and I really didn't speak much about sports last week. I just, you know, we paid homage, we paid a little tribute to our fallen soldier, to the late great, uh, our former guru of mm. the gridiron, Mr. John Madden, paid mm-hmm. our respects. But Lord and behold, we we couldn't we couldn't just we can't have nice things here in the sports world. Mm-mm. We 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 paid homage to a fallen soldier, and within I don't know hours. Of that show being released, we we had a sideshow incident. For those of you out there who do not follow football, my brother's not one of them, so he'll know exactly who we're talking about here. Everyone got involved with the memes, so even though you know, you've probably seen the face, you don't know the name. But Mr. Antonio Brown was in the news again. He he's doing some shit again. Every time people hear his name, they just go, "Ah, what did he do now?" And that's the problem here. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll we'll talk about it. I'm just going to set the stage here just really quickly. So, Antonio Brown, of course, wide receiver of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, he's played on multiple teams. Uh, started off as Pittsburgh Steeler, went to the Oakland Raiders, had a cup of tea with Bill Belichick down in Titletown uh, and the New England Patriots, and now currently, well, not, maybe not now at this minute, but he at the time of the incident, he was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And we don't have the privilege of knowing what's going on in the locker room all the time. See, fo- see, the NFL and the NBA, for the most part, a lot of these major sports, they still keep their kayfabe. You mm. know, they they keep their shit in house. We're not they're not like wrestling locker rooms where all the locker room stuff is all over the internet. We don't get to hear all that stuff. You right. know, people say kayfabe is dead. Yeah, only here because they kill it. You know, our performers tell you everything because they want that pat on the back. So we don't know what's really going on behind the closed doors. But we're learning more each day. And what we see on the field is about third or fourth quarter. I forget which quarter it was exactly. I sent you the video. Mm -hmm. But uh, the the New York Jets are pretty much handing the Buccaneers their ass in this game. And out of nowhere, just without warning, Antonio Brown is talking to one of his teammates with the backup quarterback. And all of a sudden, he just starts ripping shit off. Tears his jersey off, throws that in the crowd. He's got the gloves off, patches off. He's completely topless. He's got his uh, his uh, his little spandex pants on. Those are still on. He's not nude or anything. He's not streaking. But he just right. starts taking stuff off, trots right. down the sideline, cuts through the end zone, tries to get one last applause from the audience and get them hyped. And off into the tunnel and off into the distance goes Antonio Brown. Disappears right in the middle of the fucking game where everybody can see it. It's on camera. The commentators are basically fucking calling it as it happens live on the field. 
And another outburst. We've seen these outbursts before from him in the past. We've heard some of his off-season antics, which I'll get into later. But give me your initial thoughts when I sent this to you. Did you hear about it live or me sending it to you was the first time you heard of it? I've seen the memes. I didn't get it, but I saw the memes and then it wasn't until you sent me what you sent me. I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of what's happening here. Okay, yeah. (laughs) So did you... When I sent you the information, did it click with you? Did this make sense <clears throat> to you? Is this another what the hell is he doing moment for you? What were, what were uh, I, I don't know. It's tough because it's it's one of those things where it's like I start getting into my 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 thinking bag where it's like, okay, listen, I get it. The dude can be somewhat of a spectacle. Um, but if what he's saying is true, mm-hmm. And is what actually happened. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure he wasn't the calmest human being in the world. Yeah. But even if he was, let, let, let's say he acted exactly like the way it read, where there were no theatrics. There was no back and forth. He was literally just like, essentially like, come on, I'm injured. Like, you don't even care. That's what that's the way it came off. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, man, I'm hurt. And you clearly don't care about my pain and I'm a human and I should be able to feel my pain and I shouldn't. It instantly reminded me of Simone Biles. Biles. I don't yeah. know if I said that. Okay. It instantly reminded me of that, right? Like my the argument of did she quit or is she a quitter uh, instantly popped into so my head with this. That up. Go ahead. Huh? So glad you brought that up. Go ahead. Well, right. But that's what he instantly popped into my head, right? Like. I still stand by what I said with that situation because, again, I can separate. I personally can separate what what it means to quit and what it means to protect yourself as well, right? Okay. Those are two separate things. They both can exist at the same time. It doesn't devalue a person even though that's the way they may feel, whatever the case may be. But with him, if what he's saying is true – this is one of those situations where it's like you're a piece of shit, not to say he's a piece of shit, but you're a piece of shit your entire life. And then you finally try to do good and something wrong happens and everything you've ever done in your past comes back to bite you in the ass and make you look like a villain. Even though in this scenario, you literally did nothing wrong, mm-hmm. but I can't say that because although it explains the situation, I don't understand where this picture came from because clearly the game is still going on and he's shirtless in the end zone. Mm -hmm. So if you can explain that to me, that'll help me come to a little bit more of a conclusion (laughs) because like I said before, like I just said, sure. Everything, the way it reads is he's the victim here. He was the innocent, you know, you know, the, the, the flashback storytelling where, where it's like yeah. the guy, the, the guy's version is so innocent and he has like big old anime eyes. And then you see, tell I just, the other person, I just, just come like, from church, right? And, and, right. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then the other guy tells the story and he's like got a knife trying to stab you and shit. And he's a completely different person. That's, that's what this feels like. So I don't understand what is the end zone naked picture have okay. to do so, with the story that he's telling. Yeah. His story doesn't – his story, in my opinion, gets negated by the shirtless picture. Exactly. That's and, why I'm and that's how why, this happened. And that's why for everyone who keeps sending out their well wishes on his mental health, you need to stop because that's not what this is. And I'm getting sick of people leaning on this because that's not what it is. It's not what it is. 
He made a conscious decision because he's a petty motherfucker. That's it. He's a petty motherfucker. He very well could be right in this situation, but we'll never know it because he never gives anybody the opportunity to feel any sympathy towards him at all whatsoever. Because it's hard to feel sympathetic for a man who does this. Let's clarify a few things also, as we, because I'm going to read his statement on on the show here, just so Oof, everyone has an idea. That's a big ass statement. That's all right. We'll plow through it. But the overall feeling from the Bucks organization is that he had an outburst. That's what they went with. They the 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 public court of opinion ruled its its ruling, obviously with no facts and no intuition as to what happened that's what the court of opinion usually does it just makes a ruling okay he's just a crazy person doing crazy shit again remember folks this is the same guy who talked his way out of a pittsburgh job not played he was one of their best receivers in a long time he talked his way out of that job in a long time for a long time yeah he talked his way out of that job then he went to oakland this is the same guy who went to the uh What's that? Not cryogenic, but that freezing health thing where they freeze, where you put your body in low temperatures to help the healing process for your body and blah, blah, blah. This is the same dude who took a shower, got his feet wet, and then went in that machine and got frostbite. Cost himself several contractual agreement games with Oakland Raiders. That was a step out the door. It's the same guy who went to Bill Belichick. The Bill Belichick who rehabilitates people all the time and wins championships in the process. Couldn't stand Antonio Brown. The only bonus to him going to the Patriots was that Tom Brady found a new target that he fell in love with. That's how he wound up in the Bucks. The Bucks didn't go looking for Antonio Brown. Tom Brady made the pitch. And when, you know, when God sends his message down, you you do not ignore the message. Mm-hmm. God said bring in Brown, you're bringing Brown. So that's how he wound up a Buccaneer. Now there are people on the internet who will tell you, "Well, of course he's upset, AJ." He was eight catches away from $300,000. Apparently, his incentives were going to kick in based on his performance on this game and the next if he could reach certain milestones. It doesn't make sense with the story. I'm just laying out the facts for now, and then then we'll get into the whatever. I'm I'm just reacting to what you're saying in real time. He was eight catches away from 300. Every time you tell me what people say, you just make me hate people. (laughs) Every every time. He he was eight catches away from 300K. He was, what was it, 33 yards or 88 yards? Less than 100 yards away from another 300K. There was incentives that were going to kick in that were going to put him well over a million dollars. And people were like, but they're freezing him out. Look at the game. Tom is only going to Gronk right now. He's not even looking toward Antonio's way. Of course he's frustrated and this and that and this and that. First off, to the people who went to the contractual agreements, I don't give a fuck. You don't do that. You don't do that. You don't wind up shirtless in the fucking end zone at the end of the game because they froze me out. Every receiver's been frozen out based on contractual agreements, so I don't want to hear it. That's a- and B. that's the that's the main problem. Yeah. I'm gonna let you go. Yeah, but I'm, no, no. But what you just no, no. What you just said is the reason why this is as spectacular as it is. I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah. I just want to point that out, and we'll double back to it. Go B. Ahead. We come to find out from the man himself that wasn't even it. So you wasted your time because the guy who flipped out is telling you that ain't why I flipped out. Yeah, yeah, I didn't spaz. So the man himself negated that. So for everybody who's been leaning on the well, they froze him out because, nope, not a part of this conversation. From either Mm -hmm. side, the team has stated that's not it, and Antonio Brown has stated that's not it. So I'm moving forward with the idea that that ain't it. So real quickly, 
Antonio Brown's side of the story. First of all, I'd like to express my gratitude to the Bucks fans and my teammates. Sure you would. I mean, that first sentence right there reeks of shit. But the Bucks helped me return to productive football after I had difficulties. He had difficulties. I could have ended my career. We worked together to resolve these difficulties. No, you didn't. And I will always appreciate that. Sure you would. Being a part of a Super Bowl championship team and then a contender is a dream come true. I made mistakes. Ha. I'm working on myself. No, you're not. And I have positive influences around me. You did. You threw that away. But one thing I don't do is shy away from playing hard on the field. That part's true. No one can accuse me of not giving giving it my all every play. I will also co-sign. Because of my commitment to the game, (laughs) I relented to pressure directly from my coach to play injured. Despite the pain, I suited up. The staff injected me with what I know now was a powerful and sometimes dangerous painkiller that the NFLPA was warned against using, and I gave it my all for the team. I played until it was clear that I could not use my ankle to safely perform my playing responsibilities. On top of that, the pain was extreme. I took a seat on the sideline, and my coach came up to me very upset and shouted, What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I told him, It's my ankle. But he knew that. It was well documented, and we had discussed it. We then ordered me to get on, he then ordered me to get on the field. I said, Coach, I can't. He didn't call for medical attention. Instead, he shouted at me, You're done, while he ran his finger across his throat. Coach was telling me that if I didn't play hurt, that I was done with the Bucks. I didn't quit. I was cut. I didn't walk away from my brothers. I was thrown out. Being fired on the sideline for having a painful injury was bad enough. Then came their spin. Coach denied on national television that he knew about my ankle. That's 100% inaccurate. Not only did he know I missed several games with the injury, he and I exchanged texts days before the game where he clearly acknowledged my injury. He obviously knew I was on the injured list, and the GM acknowledged after the game in text messages to my camp that I did tell Coach about my ankle pain on Sunday. I knew we were losing to the Jets, and that was frustrating for all of us, but I could not make football plays on that ankle. Yes, I walked off the field, but there's a major difference between launching from the line and taking hits compared to jogging off the field with a rush of emotion going through your mind. I am reflecting on my reaction, but there was a trigger. The trigger was telling someone that it was not allowed that I'm not allowed to feel pain. I acknowledge my past, but my past does not make me a second-class citizen. My past does not forfeit my right to be heard when I am in pain. First they cut me, then they cage me instead of asking how I felt or getting to the bottom of it. The team texts at my camp promoting a totally false narrative that I randomly acted out without any explanation. They even told us in writing, don't spin this any other way. I have stress. I have things I need to work on, but the worst part of this has been the Bucks' repeated effort. Sorry, my computer just logged up for a second. There we go. To portray his, to portray this as a random outburst, they are telling people that first I walked off, then I was cut. No, no, no. I was cut first, and then I went home. They threw me out like an animal, and I refused to wear their brand on my body, so I took my jersey off. As part of their ongoing cover-up, They were acting like I wasn't cut and now demanding that I see a doctor of their choice to examine my ankle. What they did not know until now is that on Monday morning, I had an urgent MRI on my ankle. It shows broken bone fragments stuck in my ankle, the ligament torn from the bone and cartilage loss, which are beyond painful. You can see the bone bulging from the outside, but that must and can be repaired. The MRI has been ready 
that has been read by two orthopedic surgeons in New York City, including Dr. Martin O'Malley at Hospital for Surgery, Special Surgery, not realizing that I had already scheduled the surgery at HSS. The Bucks ordered me under penalty of discipline and with a few hours' notice to show up to a more junior doctor at HSS for another opinion. What a joke. They're playing like I wasn't cut, giving me a surprise attack order to show up another doctor with no response notice, responsible notice, and setting this whole thing up as a bias to cut me because they did on Sunday was not because what they did on Sunday was not legitimate. Sorry, GM, I already confirmed, I already have a confirming opinion from the top doc at the hospital. You ordered me to go to. I love the Bucks fans. I really do. I love my teammates and everyone who showed up, who showed me grace and believed in me. I gave the Bucks everything I had on the field. What the organization is doing now needs to get cleaned up. I do not understand how people publicly claiming to be concerned about my mental health can do these things to me in private. Once my surgery is complete, I'll be back to 100% and looking forward to next season. Business gonna be booming. So that's the whole response from AV. And can I just say off the bat, he is so full of shit. His brown, his eyes are brown. Not naturally, okay? It's due to his capacity. He's reached max capacity on shit. You cannot be cut in the third quarter of a fucking Sunday game. I'm I'm telling you right now, the words this is, you are cut were the, never fucking spoken, that's ever. That's the problem. He's a, he's a spaz. He's emotional. And <clears throat> this is the perfect time for me to acknowledge what I was trying to say. This incident, dude, I swear to God I've lived this moment. I swear to God, you know me growing up. You know all the bullshit I used to be in. Uh-huh. You know I used to always try to defend myself and everyone look at me like I'm fucking crazy. Oh, he's always angry. He's always having outbursts. This is literally me as an adult. <laughs> this right here. It's And I'll tell you exactly step by step what fucking went down here. The dude is, first and foremost, his mental health is not okay. Point blank and period, regardless of how he disguises it, whatever the case may be, it's not okay. And that has nothing to do with him specifically when you play at a high end and you have a lot of pressure on you and then you're injured and then you're taking medication that is not okay to take, but people are taking anyway because it's been proven to work regardless of its side effects. That's a lot of stress. That is a stress that everyone will negate, not think about and not talk about. That is real, and it's so real, but you won't understand that until you live it. Or if you've lived it, you will not understand that. Now, to put on top of that, you can't tell anyone how to react to shit, period. So you doing this stuff versus him doing this stuff are two different ways that that's going to end up. Two different ways it's just going to end up. So for him, this is how it ended. And this is what's happening at the moment. So he's injured. He comes off the field. In his head, he already knows he's going to get bitched at. I am a firm believer that nine times out of ten, we already know what's going to happen when shit happens. There are your outliers where situations unfold rapidly and you never see it coming. But for the most part, in this type of scenario, you know exactly what's about to happen. You know that your coach wants you out there. That's why you're fucking out there to begin with. He knows you're injured. You, To your statement, the coach knows you're injured. That's why they gave you the shot. Exactly. This is my injured. Point. This is in defense of him. 
the, all I think everything I'm saying right now is in defense of him, right? So yeah. it's like, okay, you already know the coach wants you out there, obviously, right? I've done this. I've been to funerals and have called for whatever reason. I don't know why. In hindsight, I'd have been like, yo, I'm not coming in. But for whatever reason, I feel obligated. So I call in and go, hey, the funeral's running a little bit later. This is literally a real story where I go, hey, the funeral's running a little bit later. And the family that I've never met, because this is a friend of mine, they're being so kind. They're inviting me to their family dinner because I knew her. And I didn't want to turn that down. I've never met that. I thought that was sweet. I thought that was nice. And I wanted to go because it was a really sad day. And he told me, and you know what my boss of the store told me? Okay, that's fine. Just try to get here by 530. Okay. Now, everyone's saying, I know everyone would say, dude, just call out. Why Why did you leave it up to them to tell you? You can't expect them to care that you were at a funeral. That has nothing to do with them. I get that as an adult. But in the moment, your brain starts going, everything I've done for you, everything I've done for them, you can't extend the courtesy of just being courteous, right? You don't, I've grown to learn that you don't put that responsibility in someone else's hands because they're always going to choose for them, not for you. Now, some people will be more sympathetic and that will feel nice, but more than likely people are going to choose themselves or their values and or their situation over yours whether it be consciously or or subconsciously that's just the way it works Uh so if he's seeing this and not saying yo i can't play he didn't say he didn't tell the coach he can't play i can only go based off of what he's saying so to me he's having these conversations about how injured he is and the coach is just talking as if he's going to play so Right there, I know people are like, oh, we'll just tell them no. It's not that easy, especially when you're professional or you are trying to do the right, in your brain, the right thing. This is a way people get pressured into doing things. So now he gets hurt. He's wobbling to the sideline. And he's like, fuck, here it comes. I'm I'm about to get bitched at. And I'm in so much fucking pain. Guy comes up, starts screaming at him, what are you doing? First of all, the coach is playing ignorance. So if he's pleading ignorance to him while he's on the field, now you're you're emotional at this point. So now in your head, you're like, why are you acting confused to is why I'm on the sideline? He literally says it. The coach know I told him it's my ankle. He knows it's my ankle. He knows it is. Why, why are you asking me that? You know why I'm on the sideline. So now you're yelling at me, and he goes, you're done. When he said that, my brain instantly goes, you're not cut. He can't cut you there. First of all, that's not his call. Yeah, he, he cannot cut you. But Antonio Brown's brain, probably knowing that it, there could be, and then this is completely guessing. I don't know this to be true, but I have seen sometimes this in the past where people would, he should not have said you're cut or you're done. He can't, he has no right to say that to him on the field. The only place that comes from is being comfortable or being allowed to make those decisions by your GM. And it's known that you have cut people before or have said shit like this before to where it was accepted with no, uh, with no debate, right? No one says that shit without knowing they have the power to do so. And because of his past, 
everyone would think that that would be easy for him to say, I want to get rid of Antonio Brown, and then they can make the case to get rid of him. So if his brain is in that space, yeah, he thinks he's cut. He thinks, yo, by the, by the time I hit the, first of all, I'm not going back out because I can't play. So it's not like I can't redeem myself, whether he would want to or not. He can't redeem himself. He's fucking injured. So now he goes, oh, I'm cut. So I'm going to sit here on the, on the bench while knowing but when I go to the back, I'm just going to get bitched at some more. And that's bullshit. So now you're kick now is when you get the personalized human being reaction isolated to whomever that human being is. And for this situation, it just so happened to be Antonio Brown. And how does he react to shit? We've all seen it. So this this to me isn't surprising. His brain isn't in a good space. He thinks he's cut. So he's gonna do what he does. He's gonna do what he does. And it could be of one of two things. Either he's being petty. Or, or in his brain, if I don't do something, I'm going to look like the bad guy. No one's going to listen to my story if I don't make a scene out of this. So I have to do something. I, I don't even think he may have even thought it out that way. I think his body just reacts at this point. And he probably is saying, hey, look, man, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying not to do that stuff. And that's objective. Like only time tells that stuff. So for him to do something like this or be in a situation where he feels like he needs to do something like this, it's going to look like he's not trying to be a different person. But I can't say that because I'm not his homie. I don't talk to him on a regular basis. I don't know where his brain is actually at. But this is what I mean about it's the situation where it's like, yeah, he could be 100% right. But just because he's Antonio Brown and he reacts the way he does to a shitty situation, it's going to devalue all of his story and make him look bad. And it makes me kind of sad because I can completely relate to this in the moment, not making the right decision and saying, dude, just sit there, calm down and tell your story. But again, literally like he said, and he said, he said to them, don't spin it. And in his words, they texted him. Don't spin this. So everyone's already fucking defensive on the story and what's going on. People are trying to cover their ass so they don't look like the bad guy. And fortunately, if this was literally any other football player this happened to, this would be a rally against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But because it's Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. I don't hear shit about them making a player play on a broken ankle. Because I don't think they made no him. Because no one believes because him. Because I don't think, no, I don't believe him. Exactly. I don't think they made Nobody him. I don't think they made believes. him do shit. I don't. I don't believe for one explain second. Wh- explain why you feel that way. Because I, I first of all, I, I do believe he had a hurt, a hurt ankle. If the MRI that he's talking about is legitimate, which again, grain of salt, but if it's true, I could totally see him in that locker room telling coaches, "No, I got this. Don't worry about this. As long as I got that shot and I'm able to move, I'm good to go." When they th- when they gave him the shot. And he went through the warm-ups. He didn't say he couldn't play or he wouldn't have been padded up. I can see Antonio Brown all the way through telling everybody, making sure everyone feels great, I'm going to be fine. I can get us through at least the next two games. And then whatever happens after that happens after that, surgery or whatever the doctor says or whatever the case. I could totally see him going up to people saying, oh, yeah, the shot's a great idea. Let's do it. 
Let's get me on the field. We need to we need to get to the postseason. I like this. I like this. And then he got on the field, and something bad happened, or he twisted, or he put his weight wrong somewhere, and he sat down and said, nah, I'm, I'm done. That's when I can see a coach going, what are you, fucking crazy? You just told us how million times you were good to go. Now you're telling me? It doesn't justify over? that, though, man. It doesn't. Ju- nothing it doesn't. that anybody on either side has done anything this is justification. Why, this is why it made me think of Simone Biles, because your argument for her was complete opposite to that. Your argument for her doing what she did was literally the complete opposite of what the standard you're holding Antonio Brown to. Yes, he could have said, I got this, but that doesn't mean his ankle isn't fucked. What that means is he's not quitting. That was my argument with Simone Biles. Yes, she was in a shitty situation. Yes, they were picking on her because they weren't giving her points. Yes, she was all that tragic stuff with her coach. I don't know much about it, so I'm not going to talk of its truth because I don't know the truth. So I'm not going to sit here and spew shit I don't know. Yes to all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. but because she wasn't a bad person or deemed as a bad person or a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. She got the sympathy card. Boom. There you go. He's you just doing answered your, the opposite. You just answered your own question. When you're a no, piece I of don't, shit. don't have a question. When you're a piece of shit, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. But I started this with that. And I told you that that's fucked up. Why is she it fucked up? quit on her team for her mental health. Uh-huh. And that's fine. I'm, I'm, I have, I know people okay. get salty. Well, oh, she didn't. I don't. That's fine. For the record, that's for, the record for the record, and it's also it, it, to support somewhat to your case. Simone quit during the actual event. Remember, she didn't go to the finals. She got all the way to it and then decided to not perform. But sure. again, but again, if you're going to t- take all the incidences out, take all the facts out for just a second and just show me two people, Simone Biles or Antonio Brown, I'm going to lean Simone Biles every time. I'm okay. sorry. But that's a bias. It's a bias that was created by their own behavior. But Antonio Brown got him here. Literally, if anyone's listening to this, I literally started with that argument as I'm not saying you're wrong. Okay. I'm I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I know how this feels. That's why it fucking it's it's annoying to me about how people are. Yes, I'm not defending him because I don't know him. So I'm not dying on that ledge. I've learned to not die on that ledge. I've learned not to apply my feeling to a situation. And then you're standing next to him and something happens. You look at him like, dude, you kind of a dick for this. You know what I mean? Like now I look like an asshole. So I get it. I I listen. I understand everyone's point of view on this. I know how this feels. I know how it feels to be in a situation. And I also know how it feels to be the guy who doesn't conform. I fucking hate that word. I hate conform. I think I may even said it on here before. I hate that word. And it is very typical, not typical. I don't want to use that word. It's very common that people deal with these type of situations. The way you stated a little bit earlier where do handle it in the back, handle it in the back. Don't, don't be a show hard. Relax. Right. I understand that. But that's the way it's normally handled. Okay. And right. I promise you, anyone that has gotten to this point where he does, he or she does this all the time is sick of those results. 
And I'm telling you from someone who has lived that, where okay. you try to be the calm person okay. and handle it the right way. But the problem is when you do not have the power, the right way is in the in the hands of the beholder. So if you are someone that doesn't have the power, the right way is what they say. That's not. not and in when this you're case. that is very not true. In, that not is in this so case. true. Not in this case because if he handles if he handles this differently, if he stays his stupid ass on the sideline for one more quarter, just a quarter, that's it. We didn't ask him to swallow his fucking pride. 15 more goddamn minutes, and he has a much different argument by the end of this. You know how many more teams would look at Antonio Brown and go, well, you know what? He did get fucked up by this organization, but look how he handled it. He really did change. He really is a different person. I'll take a chance at Antonio Brown. Who's taking a chance on him now? Who? True. What, what oh, team he is picking himself up by That's my point. Don't I'm tell me that some people is... don't like to conform. Blah, blah, blah. Be a big boy. Put on your big boy well, see, pants. No, and you're go saying this, that's the big done. boy way to do it. That's the way people do it. That's the way big boys do it. The way he did it was a <laughs> that's your own that definition. Was a, that was a kid like reaction. Stop. He was being petty that's, in the moment. Hey, he listen, was being that's, petty in the moment. He that's felt your he of it. felt because as we both said he can't actually be cut. So this first the whole thing when they said and first they cut point. me, then they how, cage me. No, they how didn't. How come the coach isn't getting bitched at for doing that? First of all, from what I'm hearing on sports radio and on ESPN on the station, the organization has been taken to task for the injury in the first place. Because even not if, talking about because, the injury. Hold on, hold I'm on. I'm not talking about but hold, hold on. on. I'm not talking about the injury. I'm talking about his actions, right? Because we're talking about Antonio Brown's actions. Right. The coach's action of walking up to an injured player. Now let's throw the injury to the side, although that is important because it 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 it's the reaction that comes from that. Okay. But going up to a player in the heat of a game and saying you're done. Okay, can I ask you a question? That's what needs to be addressed. Can I ask you a question? Right. How do you know he did that? He said it. Who said it? Antonio Brown. That's the problem. And that's where if the I history turn on comes the, into play. No. If, no, 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 no. If I turn on my internet right now or I turn on my TV right now, you know what I see? I see Antonio Brown shirtless in the end zone. I don't have any footage in front of me that the coach did this. Who else, is there? Has there been anyone else that has stepped up? Player, coach, a fan, anything. No the one's footage, going to. The footage, not stop, on stop, stop. If, not if, on if, if, if the, the, the footage that I sent you and the footage that made its rounds was a cell phone camera. It was, it was fan footage. Even if you don't go by fan footage, if you just use security footage, you use NFL game day, whatever you want to do, there's not a single camera, there's not a single video, there is no evidence at all that this coach, whoever this person was, said anything to him. Not one, there's not one shred of evidence that it even took place. I know he flipped, but I don't know what set him off. We're going by his word, the word of a crazy person. True. I'll give a you that. butterfly could have went by that. his helmet and, and made a throat slash motion. He, what? That butterfly is gonna cut me? Fuck this! I could believe that. The, I could the, believe that. In the instance that that never happened, this whole thing is bullshit. I could see 
to Antonio Brown sitting on a bench and him looking up and seeing a pterodactyl fly over the stadium and drop a, a, a scroll in a bubble down to the field that he opens up and in pig Latin it says that he's El Cuddo or whatever <laughs> and, he's, and he fucking flips out. I could see it happening a thousand percent because I'm not going based on this one incident. And you're saying about bad rap. You're saying about a bad reputation. Every time he opens his mouth, every interview, every reason for his behavior, everything, every excuse he's ever made in the book for everything he's ever done. This is not a bias that's been created out of bullshit. It's a it's a repercussion. It is a a system of belief in this guy that he crafted. He his actions have dictated this. I'm not the only one that's taking him to task for this. His peers, his own peers. I'm not talking about football players. I'm talking about black athletes who have sat in the same chair as him on the same bench dealing with the same fucking people he's dealing with, and his reaction is his reaction. These are Antonio Brown actions, not the actions of a man who doesn't like to conform or, or a man who doesn't like people telling him what to do. There are a million people in the world like that who wouldn't do what Antonio Brown did on fucking Sunday. There's a million of them. There's black athletes in the NFL right now. There's black athletes on the Buccaneers right now that have probably been through worse. He got a favor. That's how he got to the Bucks. This is the kind of t- this is the guy we're talking about. A guy who got on the team as a favor. That's it. The Bucks never wanted him. That was a Tom Brady call and then Tom Brady had to back off on it cuz he can't control his boy. Mm. Well, he reacted the way he reacted. Right. And that's why he's fucking gone. Cuz hey, you listen. can't react like that. The 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 main point of this story, and you bring up a good point, if that coach thing never happened, I'm off board. And this is why I don't die on it. I'm not like saying that. that it didn't, but I don't have any proof that it did. All no, I know and is that's that true. Did. I base my shit off of facts. Yeah. And I have to take, and unfortunately, none of this to me is a fact. I don't know no. any of this. If you say you have text messages, he, and that's why I said you got to keep your receipts, then at this point, I would be posting them. So that I don't look fucking Yeah, crazy. he says he's got shit, then fucking die. I don't doubt for one second that he had an ankle injury, and I don't doubt for one second they knew about it. But I find it very hard to believe that he is the only football player in that entire locker room where they said, oh, we know you're hurt, but fuck it, you have to play. Really? Yeah, yeah, no, Just it's a well-known AB? fact that half, half the fucking football league is injured. Yeah, all the fucking time. But he's the one, just him, where he had to be pushed to the edge to where his body just couldn't take. What a hero. His bo- He fought till his leg. I almost lost my entire leg. The, the, the injury to my ankle almost spread like a cancer to my entire leg. And I've started developing knee issues. Stop it. Oh, I have issues. I'm, I'm working on my issues. No, you're not. You've been doing this for years. It's a decade's worth. If you're working on something and you haven't accomplished anything you've been working on, then you're not working on it very well. Who are you speaking to on this? Who who is helping you through this? Because he's apparently try- he's trying. It, yeah, and everyone's trying. all he, his mental his, his mental health. If he's having mental health issues like this, right? Because now we're past making bad decisions. Now we're, according to him, now we're dealing with health issues. 
right? Because his ankle's messed up. He's going to get it repaired and get it surgery and blah, blah, blah. If you're making the kind of decisions that are now are starting to affect your health. Right. Well, then, yeah, now it is becoming an issue because you're going to fucking kill yourself. If you can't be responsible enough of an adult to make the decisions that are affecting your fucking health, then yes, okay, fine, get the man some fucking help. But while you're in there fucking with shit and talking to him, try to work out all this other shit too because this petty bullshit he's got going on is, is it's pissing people off. Hey, man, some people are petty, dude. What some can you people, do? Yeah, you can fire him. Is what you well, do. I mean, that's <laughs> that's, that's what option. you do. That's what happens. Oh, he's being a dick. He's gone. Kabuyaka. Speaking Listen, of being man, a I dick, get it. Hey, look, I conformed. I don't. I don't act like we that all anymore. conform. I just some, <laughs> the world breaks way. us eventually. Yeah, well, you know what? The people who really, really hate conformity or really, really hate being told what to do or whatever the case, because there's a little bit of that in everybody. Obviously, more so. In some and others, and others, right? Oh, yeah, There's some people where they it, it, it defines who they are. It's like I just, I just can't be in that position. As you get older, you find a way not to compress it, but at least to find some sort of commonality in what you're trying to get done. You know, you you work at this. There's levels to this. As you get older, your yeah. patience. I changes. feel like it just comes down to you no, find something else that means more than right. Them, exactly. Which is and what I did. Literally up until the moment. And he's in a he's in between a rock and a hard place because I'm pretty sure not for nothing. We're all you know, all jokes aside. This league really probably is stressing him the fuck out. I believe it. But it's the highest paying job he can possibly find for himself. I know how that So feels. it's hard for him to be like, well, then fuck this league. No. See, for someone who just claimed to be fucked around by an organization, you would think, oh, I'm done with this shit because I'm not going to keep putting my life on the line. No, he wants to come back. He just doesn't want to do it here because we've been fucking with him. Just like I'm sure Pittsburgh fucked with him or Oakland fucked with him or New England fucked with him. It's the, it's the Jennifer Lopez situation it's the jennifer lopez complex she's on what her fifth marriage or fifth engagement she's never been married she fucks them she they fall in love with her and they get so in love with her that they ask her to marry him and she goes yeah and then as soon as that ring goes on that engagement ring she shifts into her final form <laughs> a, a la bruja la latina and she turns into <laughs> this mean individual and they all break it off it's the same thing they see him play the pat they put out a stat earlier today i saw it before we went on the air that uh, with uh, Antonio Brown, the Bucks have been seven and zero. Without him, they have a losing record. What was it like three and seven or some shit? They are better with him, and they see that, and they go, "Man, what a player! What a receiver! What an impact!" And then he gets in the room, and he turns into La Bruja La Latina, and they go, "Oh my God, no, we can't do this. He's mm. got to get the fuck out of here." It's the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm sure once all this blows over, there'll be another team, the Saints. Someone down in their luck. Maybe he'll be a falcon at some point, and he'll do it again. It'll blow up, and then, and then they'll go, oh, his mental health. No, it is him. That's so I, then I is. raised the question, how come it worked for him but not uh, <laughs> Terrell Owens? <laughs> I, I, you know what it is? Because it's I, bullshit, because honestly, put the two together, I was a much bigger Terrell Owens fan. Than I, I think, I, and I think Terrell Owens is a much better receiver than Antonio Brown will ever be. I don't think Antonio Brown will ever be the kind of receiver Terrell Owens was. I think Terrell Owens' problem is that he, he pissed off the wrong people in the wrong era. You know, he he had a lot of the most a lot of powerful people on his side for a long while. And then it just kind of went away. I think when he burned the Jerry Joneses of the world, 
You know, and he because he, he was also a traveling guy too for the same reason. San Fran, he was doing great, but he had an an, an ego issue, had a little bit of an attitude problem, so he was gone. Dallas. Dallas was the one he disrespected with the star bullshit, and they still took him, and he burned that one too. Then he became an eagle and got close to a Super Bowl with McNabb. You saw that work itself out. So he's got some issues too. He's got some issues too. And as soon as his skills depleted, he was gone. Antonio Brown's skills haven't completely gone away yet. That's why people keep taking a chance. Once well, that's angle, if this angle literally as bad as bad as he's saying, and it playing is, on it too, is, he could be done. This is the this is the start of his decline. He yep. says, oh, "I'll be back 100." percent He is going to. It is scientifically known if there is ever any alteration to the foot, ankle, or yep. shin, you are never, no matter how healthy you get, you will never be as fast as his, you were before. His his skill set is having explosiveness off the line. Injury ankle and explosiveness is gone. He's we'll not see. known as the fastest guy. He's quick on. The, he's a great technician. He runs his routes. He's quick off the line. Smart hands. All that stuff. And I know I'm talking bullshit to the non-sports fans out there, but it's a lot like wrestling to a degree. He's got the physical. Well, well I'm talents. sorry, I'm not taking that anymore because wrestling, as WWE has tried to tell you guys all the time, it's sports entertainment. Oh yeah. There you so go. if you could, you don't have to tell people that because they all <laughs> love sports. Yeah, they are all because they love sports and they love sports that are entertaining. And since I've become such a segue god. Yes. Yes. And I was going to say, speaking of. Uh, uh, companies treating their employees. I'm oh, gonna, disgusting. I'm going to keep that word because we're, the, the people they released are not independent contractors. So we've got some cuts, some new ones. Okay, we're going to jump to that We're going to jump right. to this one because it'll be quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're not going to really divulge too much. Just because... like the delivering of those letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was it even letters? I think some of them got phone calls, right? They probably just opened the locker room door. Yeah, you just, gotta go, buddy. Just sent them a text. Like, before you get up to come over here, don't worry about it. You're done. Uh, I'm going to save the two major names for last, but let's go down the line here. Chris Guy, a.k.a. A. Steele, who was a WWE coach at the Performance Center. He is the original trainer of CM Punk. I put that on there as a bullet point as to kind of, you know, some of the, he's trained a bunch of people for a long time. Uh, he was in the... Uh, school owner for a while, and then the Performance Center pretty much hired him up. Uh, he's an amazing trainer. Uh, but again, remember, folks, we're not doing pro wrestling anymore, so no sense in having a pro wrestling trainer on the staff anymore. Uh, we'll get Goofy to do it. Yeah. Uh, Dave Kapoor, also known as Ranjan Singh, who was the manager of Great Khali, he's been a writer for the WWE for a long time, uh, more notably a writer for Raw. Uh, he's gone. I'm actually surprised by that one because uh, he hasn't been he he I haven't heard his name in a while. Uh, he was a big time writer and player in the earlier days, especially when he was managing Kali, and then it kind of went quiet for a while. I hadn't heard a lot about him, so I wasn't even aware he was. Honestly, no disrespect, I didn't know he was still there. So I was like, that was shocking to me. I was like, oh, so he still was doing shit, but he's gone. Uh, NXT creative producer Ryan Katz. I've heard the name before. You can't put a face to the name. Legendary. <laughs> I didn't write that word. I copied and pasted it. Legendary. He is legendary, but I didn't write that. WWE official Scott Armstrong, member of the Armstrong family. Now that I'm putting it together, it looks like he's one of two Armstrongs that got released here. Uh, former New Japan and MLW writer George Carroll. He's gone. Uh, then some of the talent here. Timothy Thatcher is gone. Danny Burch. Uh, which makes sense because for some reason they released Oni, but they didn't release Danny. 
So I'm sure I'll be calling Oni and Danny Birch matches very, very soon. Because uh, one of my promoter buddies that I work for happens to be a big fan of those two. So I'm sure I'll be seeing them down the line. Kathy Carino, Steve Carino's sister, also known in the Indies and Ring of Honor fame, Allison Danger. She was released. Uh, Diamond Mine. Listen, Roderick Strong lost a cruiserweight title. And now they've lost more members of Diamond Mine. I'm going to go ahead and say that that's the most dysfunctional function, uh, faction in NXT history. Before they could even get off the ground, they've been fucked with since day one. Uh, and I can also see Roderick Strong. I heard he, when last we spoke about AEW, we had looked it up. I think it was Christmas when I found out Roderick had resigned. Uh, but so many, so many arrows are pointing to him leaving, even though. That information has come out. So maybe main roster? I don't know. But NXT, not so much. Samoa we'll Joe, gone. Dot, 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 dot. Again. Uh, it's over this time officially for Joe. There will be no saving him this time. Uh, Why you say that? Because the only reason he was saved in the first place was because of Triple H. And Triple H is pretty much done with WWE at this point. So there's there will be no saving him uh, here and now. Will he return to in-ring competition? That's a conversation for another day. The injuries have caught up to Joe. So I don't know. I don't know if another company, either in AEW or something like that, maybe would bring him in like as a Lesnar-type deal, have him uh, wrestle on occasion. But a full-time schedule for Joe just seems suicidal, so I don't know if that's going to work. And the last few guys I got to bring up because they mean so much to you and I. Road Dog, Road Dog, Dick Diggity, Dick Diggity Dog. Uh, he is released now. He had a, for those of you who don't remember, he was actually a main roster writer and creative guy uh, for a while, and then he got into it with a few of the other writers, and you know Vince has a soft spot for him, so that's when Triple H saved his career and moved him over to NXT, and that's when they kind of did like a DX thing where Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Road Dogg were running NXT. So that was cool for a while, but again, just like Joe, there will be, uh, what was it Thanos said? No resurrections this time. Uh, yeah. Road Dog is gone. And, of course, the most heartbreaking of them all. Uh, I'm happy for him, to be honest with you. I'm glad this is happening, to be fair. But um, 15-time champion they wrote down, which is interesting when you think about it. I'd love to hear which titles those were. Uh, and former NXT general manager William Regal. William yeah. Regal is no longer with the WWE in any capacity, not just as an on-screen or behind-the-scenes figure for NXT or for the PC. I don't know now who takes his place as the head of the Performance Center. That's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Donald. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But those are the most release, recent releases from the WWE. If you're if you're following the pattern here, it wasn't a whole lot of wrestlers this time. It's a lot of the creative guys, a lot of the guys who have been molding the wrestlers of the past. They're not only getting rid of the black and gold wrestlers, they're getting rid of the black and gold trainers as well. So we're at a new era, folks. This is a very uh, it's starting to become extremely obvious what they're doing. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Dude, yeah. I I, w- I want to find the episode where I said mark my words that at this moment you're going to start to see the downfall of the WWE. It's literally happening before our eyes. History is being made. A giant end of an era. Is happening. Maybe are they they're heading have, towards. Are they still brand. gonna have numbers? Absolutely, yeah. dude. They're gonna be amazing mm. still. If not, they're gonna probably have more numbers. Maybe but, they're heading towards a rebrand, and we don't know it. Oh, it's a rebrand. All right. Brought to you by, and you're gonna have all the fucking Disney princesses fucking floating around the emblem. 
Oh, it's Jesus coming, Christ. man. It's coming. It's absolutely. Oh boy, oh boy. It might actually even be here. We just don't <laughs> it might already be here. Well, speaking of coming, <clears throat> I came the other night when I nice. sent you a message and I I, I could well, not I don't like the lead off I, of that. I I I couldn't find enough people to not send this text message to. But we you and I both, I think we both had a hand in this. You and I. No, don't. No, yeah, no don't listen to me now. Hold on. So we, we, you and I together had some reservations about this forbidden door. I don't give a fuck. I don't even believe this. I don't. Go ahead. Yeah, but I remember, <laughs> I remember distinctly saying <clears throat> that until the WWE does something with this forbidden door, I don't really care. Right? Because everybody else doesn't have the contractual red tape or whatever to do this. Everybody is, it just comes down to want, you know, New Japan, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, so long as they just, I don't know, want to trade talent, they can, right? There's nothing really forbidden about it. Forbidden door always meant to me like the door you that no one really wants to open, no one really should be opening. That, that always felt like a WWE thing to me. They're the ones who always don't want to open that door. So... The other day, we get official word through the official WWE Twitter account, and it was mentioned verbally, not like a picture or anything. It was mentioned on SmackDown that the Impact Wrestling Women's Champion, Mickey James, has officially entered the Royal Rumble match for the WWE. First time in history. First time in history where a contractually obligated now uh, let me clarify that because people were trying to make sure everyone was aware of what that really meant mickey james is not exclusively under an impact wrestling championship contract she is currently on a short-term one due to the fact that she is the champion that's why they gave her the championship there's a small little deal in place to make sure that she keeps her dates together i don't even think that's exclusive it's more or less like an insurance policy type deal make sure her dates are open for future impact uh, shows and events and blah, 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 so that she can make all the rounds she needs to make as champion. But she does have something on paper, <clears throat> and she will be in the Royal Rumble coming up for the WWE, and it's all over the news waves because now the WWE is jumping in on the Forbidden Door. So now, to me, this is legitimate. The forbid- Now the, the Forbidden Door is a real fucking thing to me. What were your thoughts when I sent you the Mickey James news? If she doesn't win, it's pointless. Why? This does nothing for me. What? This does nothing for me. She's an ex WWE wrestler. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see the hype on this. Maybe I'm just ignorant to it. If she doesn't win, to me, it doesn't mean anything. She has to win. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah, she has to win. What's Why? the point? What? Explain to me what the point of this is so that I can understand it. Okay. The reason why I think it's a big deal, okay, they the WWE never does this. She is, okay, yes, because that's what everyone keeps leaning at. Well, she's a former WWE superstar. Right. Right. This right. doesn't I mean anything. I understand that. But it does mean something because she's, remember, this is the same company that as soon as you leave the WWE, they don't want you to use your name. Yes, but this we literally just anything. said they're not the same company anymore, though. Right, but they're not the same company anymore, but that's because the company has gone off in the other direction. 
even farther away from wrestling. That's the part that's so puzzling about this. You're going out of, you just said a oh. second ago, they're going out of their way to make sure that everyone is aware this wrestling bullshit is over. Okay. But let me, then let me ask this. Let me ask this question. What is the infatuation with the forbidden door? If the forbidden door is open, what is the fascination as far as like, what are wrestling fans getting out of a forbidden door opening? There, I'm assume, from the fan perspective, I'm assuming it's possible matchups or ability to see talent in settings or environments you wouldn't normally see them in. You're very good. You're very well media trained. I'm trying to walk <laughs> slow walk you into saying a word, and you're either either you're unintentionally do it or intentionally well, doing you know, it. If you're boiling it down to one word, what's the one word? What it's wrestling. About? People want to see specific wrestling matches that they would otherwise I said not that be able in to matchups. No, 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 no. You didn't use the word wrestling. That's what I'm trying to get you to say. Right? Yeah, you say you're right. That's why I said you media trained, buddy. You said the right words. I'm trying to get you to say wrestling, which uh-huh. is why to me this don't mean shit. Because you cannot compound what we literally just said and then double back. Not you. I'm just saying in general. Double back and say, oh, look, Mickey James is going to be in the Royal Rumble. I don't give a fuck. You're getting rid of everyone wrestling. The people in the back who are wrestling are fucking leaving and quitting with, with, with no option to wrestle anywhere else. They're literally quitting on wrestling. And you're going to mm. open the forbidden door so that Mickey James can walk That's through it? That's what's so puzzling about all no, this. You've gone no, out of your way. No, to no. get away from wrestling. Why, why are you doing this at all? Get someone else. From I don't Impact? give a fuck about this. Yes. But no one yes. else. Not- don't get the women's champion. No. <laughs> that you just sent their clothes in a black bag to her, and then she tried to do something to That's show actually you up. the other part Failed. Of it. Yeah. Failed. Went somewhere else, which is fine. And now it's coming back into your Royal Rumble. So you can try to get wrestling fans to buy back in because you're getting rid of everything wrestling. No, you're going to do this. Go all the way the fuck in. Have her win and have her go to WrestleMania as a TNA Women's Champion and wrestle the WWE Champion. She doesn't have to win that. But put the TNA Champion on that stage. What's Who's TNA? What is that? Or, I'm sorry, fucking Impact. It's the same thing. Oh, well, well, no, it's not. Whatever. I don't care. AJ I don't Styles watch was anymore. on my TNA. I don't, Listen, see, I don't see any of those. Impact people. Wrestling. Where's Beer Money? correct myself. Where's Impact Beer Wrestling Man? Women's Champion. You see what I'm saying? If they do not go all the way with this. Funny story, because somebody mentioned this. Somebody mentioned this, and I co-signed. Mickey James defeated Deanna Perrazzo to become the Impact Women's Champion. As a matter of fact, I think they had the rematch for that title uh, either yesterday or... Coming up, hard to kill. I can't remember. I think it just happened. I'm not entirely sure. But people were saying that Deanna, Deanna had such a dominant reign as the champion. If Diana was still the champion now, because I think she'd been champion for over a year, if she was still the champion now, would they have named Deanna to be in the Royal no. Rumble? Here's no, the thing, though. Remember, you're... also, remember, remember, though, and then, and then I want people to keep this in mind. Deanna Perrazzo came to Impact after her run in NXT. So they know exactly who Deanna is. Yeah, no, that that no, this was all set up. There's a reason why she has the belt right now. This shit don't just they don't just wake up and go, hey, good idea. Uh announce it. Nikki James is gonna that's not how that works. (laughs) Plus they made the announcement at night. No, I mean they don't do they don't 
this was planned, man. All of this, her getting the belt, this shit is planned. All of it. It's it's a it's a scheme. They're pulling the wool over your eyes, <laughs> and Stop. they they lured us in with empower. Stop it, Mickey James ain't the one, man. That's not the one. Well, she ain't winning. Give me somebody I haven't seen that's great. I know there's a bunch. I know I talk a lot of shit about Impact about not watching it. I know I do. I'm not ignorant to say that there isn't some a phenomenal talent on that roster. Send Rosemary. If it, it wouldn't That's what I was. send Sue Young to the Royal Rumble, it would not exist if they did not have phenomenal talent on that roster. Pick anyone else, any female, throw a roll, roll anyone. It's got to be female. Anyone else? No, they're not picking any of the dudes. I, listen, that was their I, best I, shot. I, they're I, not short-handed on guys. That's the reason why they chose a female. That women's Royal Rumble is hurting. But you chose the wrong female. <laughs> They ch- in their minds, they chose the only one they could choose. Yeah, the one that makes sense. The one that makes them. the most sense is like at least. And I told people, I said, you know, the and WWE. The fact is that full she even shit. accepted that is disgusting. I look at her much she, different now. Because she was of that. the one who pitched the big fit about the garbage bag. She, I know she made that's that a what, thing. So I don't know why she even entertained this, this. this dude. This I, now, see, that's what I'm telling you, man. People will show you their colors when it comes down. To getting in that that uh, Antonio Brown bag, you know, at least he sticks to his crazy. Yeah, you know what I mean, he owns he's consistent it. in his crazy. I don't like the, the. I will trust Antonio Brown every day of the week. You know why? Because he's predictable. I know what he's gonna do, <laughs> he's gonna and I believe when he says something, he's gonna do what he says. People like Mickey James scare the fuck out of me. Because one day you'll throw an outrage and the next minute you're back in the building like nothing fucking happened. And I do not trust people who have the decision making like that in their brain. It scares the fuck out of me. I don't trust people like that. I do not trust people like that. And like, oh, you know, it's a great opportunity. No, you stand your ground. Stand by your Stand your mind. fucking ground. If you're going to use your mouth for something like that and you're going to start chirping, try to make... Because if... In a world, see, everyone's saying, oh, what if whatever the person had the belt? In a world where Mickey's event blew up and it became bigger than AEW all of a sudden because of that event, is she doing this? No. I say yes. You still think she's going to the yes, Royal Rumble? And, yes, and she's proving it right now because there's no consistency in her decision making. Yeah, the guy who sent her the trash bag got fired. And they did this whole apology to her. If I was that guy, I'm fucking pissed. Yeah, I would be too because they separated themselves from the action, right? And even when they did that, oh, the guy who did that, he's fired. That's not a reflection of how he felt about you, blah, blah. She still killed him for it. Yeah, she, she got him fired. There, she didn't sit there and say, well, you know, if it was that one guy, it's isolated, it's whatever, you know, WWE. Blah, blah. No, no, she still killed the whole She company. probably sat there in the mirror with her chin held up high. She that did a dude podcast got over it. And oh, my God. Quotes. She was so proud of her firing. And now here she is in the Royal Rumble. And she's in the Royal Rumble. So oh, that's know. nasty. Oh, <laughs> you killing Antonio Brown. Fuck that. This chick is crazy. <laughs> Fuck out of here. That shit is wild. And you know what's even more wild that I know half the people listening to this shit, more than half, don't think like that. Like, wouldn't even think that. Like, to me, I, oh, that is the scariest human being in the world. Uh, that terrifies people me. People are going to spin this as a positive business decision Absolutely. for all involved. They're oh, going to say, well, oh, a- the, how helpful they're being toward and That's why when you rope in this forbidden door, who the fuck? 
You ever like, I'm sure it's been on like shows and shit where a door opens and you're mad gas and then someone walks through the door and you're like, oh, wait, no, that's not what I was expecting at all. That's this. This is literally someone, the door opening is a silhouette. You're like, oh, finally, it's happening. And then Mickey James walks through the door. You're like, what the fuck? No, 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 go back. It's like the office feed. No, 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 no. no, It reminds me of all those videos that I was watching for the Smash Brother reveals, and it was the dude from from the fucking Kingdom Hearts, and everyone went nuts. Yeah, well, this is not that. No, this is not that. That's what I'm trying to say. This is the opposite of that. (laughs) Even the creator, what was it, the dude who created it? He's like, oh, I didn't expect that. It's like, God damn, surprise. They surprised the boss with it. Sora's lit. There it is. That's the name I was looking for. Sora, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got you. Don't worry. Yeah, I was. I didn't want to look like an asshole. Yeah, this is stupid. (laughs) This is fucking dumb. I don't like seeing it. And the only only way I'll buy it is if she is holding that belt around her waist. And I want the, the theme. The impact belt. The yep. impact belt around her waist, walking into WrestleMania and from want, being the Royal Rumble winner. And I want her theme. If she comes out to, din, and, din, din, and, then you then, the, then it's confirmation that everybody was saying is the WWE just went the nostalgia route. If it was legitimately about having the impact champion on your show, I need hardcore country. I need the I need the whole impact entrance. Hardcore country. Give her her TNA shit. And then excuse me. See now you got me fucking up. Give her her impact wrestling shit, and then I'll believe it. And then I'll believe. Listen, it. Then I'll believe all, it was for impact because I don't believe. Smoking mirrors, boys. This is not the for. This is not the forbidden door you were thinking it was. They painted it that way, but underneath it's just a bust down normal closet door. That's all it is, man. Just let this go. Yeah. This is and nothing. This be, means nothing. They need it to won't be mean anything. They need to be careful on how they use these doors. Woods in short supply. Except, they need to make see, sure. That. In comedy, that's called a callback. <laughs> they need to make sure it's all the up and up here. Now, this is trash. Uh, so we can move on. Well, speaking of uh, a shitty situation, uh, we're going to transfer over to the AEW, AEW for a second. Because Ray Phoenix had a hell of a night the other night. And I know yeah, people, are, I'm going to tell people right now, everyone who keeps telling me about Brian Danielson and Adam Page, look, <laughs> look, <laughs> why haven't you been talking about Page and Danielson's crazy series of matches? First of all, it's only been two. Don't tell me about a series of matches. The first one is the Broadway, which I still haven't seen yet. I told you, I need time to sit there and watch that fucking match. Secondly, is I haven't seen the rematch either. So when we get there, we'll get there, God damn it! I don't even... I mean, we can make it a thing if you want, but last time I followed the hype on somebody, I spent an entire day watching Spider-Man movies only to be left confused. Okay, we're going to have to get back to that in a second. We'll get back to that in a second. But yes, (laughs) let's move to Ray Phoenix for just a second because I would like to play a game of can you top this? Because... I just keep seeing the break over yes, and over, so and over my head. Ray Phoenix, for those of you out there who did not see it, on Dynamite, Ray Phoenix, one half of the AEW Tag Team Champions and Lucha Bros, Ray Phoenix and his brother, Penta Ciro Mierdo, they had a tag match, tag titles on the line against Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, the shittiest dinosaur of all time. And they He's went a up hater, there. bro. They went, he is good. Basura, fucking hater, dude. He's a god, and he, he should is, be treated he as is such. A, he is a human garbage candy emoji. And I, they had the tag title match, 
And more proof to his basudaness is he took Luchasaurus, took Ray Phoenix in a goozle, had him set up for a choke slam from the apron to the floor through a table. And Ray took the bump. He laid flat, and his arms said, fuck this. Look what I could do. And it bent backwards. And it looked like, first of all, when you watched the video, it looked like an explosion. It looked like something big just happened, like a pop. It was humongous. And then his arm was just dangling in the other direction. It was a whole thing. Everyone was bugging about it. And everyone was, you know, setting up their will wishes and blah, blah, blah. Not entirely sure that the Jurassic uh, Express was supposed to win that match, but they did. We have new tag team champions after Jungle Boy rolled up Penta. And uh, they got some medical services out there for Phoenix. Ugly, gruesome video. But like I said, I'd like to play a game of can you top this? Because when Phoenix got taken to the hospital, there was some scuttlebutt on the internet about whether or not he would need surgery. And I could tell, based on the article, that whoever wrote the article has not spoken to any medical personnel, nor do they have any information on the situation. Because when the doctor's report was released, it was announced that Ray Phoenix had a dislocation of the elbow. For those of us out here who have had dislocated elbows, you do not need surgery for a dislocated elbow. The only time that you would need surgery for a dislocated elbow is through major damage to any tendons or ligaments in the arm, which for a normal dislocation doesn't normally happen. It would have to be, I mean, a legendary dislocation to tear up all kinds of shit. So, for those of you who don't remember out there, and I've told the story before in the past here on the show, but it has been a while. It hasn't come up in a long while. But since Ray Phoenix wants to uh, play our little game, I'll play a little bit too. I had a dislocation of the elbow, same as Ray Phoenix. My arm did the same thing that his arm did. He took a choke slam to the floor. I took a powerbomb. That's how mine went back into a different direction. Now, from what I understand, his problem was also similar to mine. It was a dislocation with an incorrect reset. So for those of you out there, again, who don't know what I'm talking about, that means my elbow came out, and then based on the impact and the way I fell, it popped in incorrectly. So that means that when you go to the hospital and they go, hey, we got to fix your arm, what that means is instead of popping it back into place like one would think, you have to re-dislocate it again, and then you can put it back into place. So that's what happened to me, and that's what happened apparently to Ray Phoenix. So for all of you out there who are reading these articles about surgery, he will not need surgery. If anything, what I was told, which again, it was the same injury as him, what I was told was six to eight weeks in that, stu in that stupid sling. So he ain't going to be out that long. But he'll probably be back even faster than I did because there's a caveat to the six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks with some physical therapy. Now, I couldn't afford physical therapy, so I didn't take any physical therapy. So I was back in six weeks. Ray Phoenix, he's got a little coin in his pocket. I might be able to be, you know, a little helpful for him. So he might be back a little sooner. But as gruesome as the injury is, it's actually an easy injury to come back from. The only thing that I felt bad about, Ray is an athlete of a very high caliber athlete in the sense that he's very agile. He moves around a lot. 
and there was a doctor. I sent you the clip, the doctor review of the injury, and I watched that because it was important for me to watch because I there was one piece that I want to remind everybody as speaking from personal experience. He had stated that the injury can be easily able to be come back from. But their concern is what range of motion will he have when he comes back? And I'm going to be the one to sit here and tell Ray Phoenix it ain't going to be a lot. It's not going to be a lot. It's going to be very, very limited. Again, he's got more coin than I got. So if he gets any physical therapy going in um, to work with the elbow, then he'll have a better range of motion than I did. But if you, I'm telling you from personal experience, if you just – if you don't stress it the way they tell you, you eat the way that you're supposed to eat, if you, you know, exercise it the way that you're supposed to exercise it and leave it at that, just basic, the basic rudimentary stuff, uh, you'll have full use of your arm and elbow again, but the range of motion won't be the same. My arm has never been the same since that injury. And I've wrestled yeah. since. And I've wrestled yeah. since. So, you know. It is what it is, but yeah, you know, it it was an explosion. It, it looked really, really, really bad, and it goes to another point. I sent you this video with the arm. I've sent you another video before with the moonsault. Remember Lance Archer's moonsault, where he landed on the top of his head, and we haven't really seen Lance since. These bumps, I'm telling you, <laughs> these bumps. Someone's gonna get fucking really badly hurt. It's gonna someone's gonna walk away. From, someone's not gonna walk away from this. Is the point? But that's what wrestling is, man. That's what people want. Gotta take that risk. Gotta take that risk. You gotta take that risk. We have one last topic to talk about here as we move on uh, with our episode here and come close to an end here. But we're gonna we're gonna break a rule here. I I don't normally do this. I don't normally do this. Very rarely. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've done this since George Floyd. <laughs> Wait, but, what? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have three rules on Arsini's uncensored mind. There's three topics we don't talk about because we would just be beating our head against the wall. It's no point in doing it. Politics, religion, racism. But we're going to break a rule today. <laughs> because the racist... See, I don't even think it's that, though. Go ahead. But, but, Go ahead. but look, the racist card has been played. I fucking hate this the so much, man. The racist card has been played yet again. Unsuspectingly. But here we are. The main event of our program tonight is one all y'all talking about out there. Tony Khan versus Big Swole inside <sighs> the Twitter squared circle. Uh, much like earlier, because I know Dave's got his feelings feelings on this. I'm gonna run it down fast. All this really is is Big Swole, who is a who is a female wrestler for AEW, and she was contract she was with them contractually, and then her contract came toward the end. And according to both sides, they had both decided not to renew. This was a Big Swole decision and a Tony Khan decision. They said Aww. together. They said together, you know, we're just not going to do this. And they said, okay, fine. And that was it. It was done. It went away. No one talked about it again. It was done. And Big Swole on her podcast, Swole World Podcast, uh, she had made some statements concerning AEW. 
my heart just stopped being in it as the reason why I left AEW. I felt like there were a lot of things, and I told them in my exit interview, which is cute that she had an exit interview, but there are a lot of things that need to change. I know fans of the company don't take criticism well sometimes. Certain ones know this. This is somebody from the inside. The structure is a little off. It's fine to be loose. Oh, it's, it's fine to be loose, but I like to have a little bit more structure. I felt like the women shouldn't have gone through everything they went through just to get on TV or get time. You're signed to this big company. You should get time. All these men are getting time, but the women aren't getting anything. Or you're not putting people on TV because more people are coming in. Okay, there are more people coming in, but you don't have enough product for all these people. Now you have all these people sitting around having two or three minute matches on dark. Doesn't keep me happy. Shoveling more money doesn't keep a person happy. We've seen time and time again, especially in a place where there's not enough space. There's no writers in a sense. Not everyone is comfortable writing their own things. Closed mouths don't get fed. That's exactly what this environment is. If you are shy, you don't know how to write, or not creative, it's not going to work unless they want to work with you. That's one of their biggest issues. Oh, that paragraph hurts my head, but here There's we go. There's so many. Listen, dude, this paragraph is... I, I, I've been... I, in, my, in my 30s, I've been infatuated with the way people deliver arguments. It's 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 literally one of my favorite things in the world. It triggers me, but it's my favorite thing in the world to look because <clears throat> what people who are older say not only influence the way our younger generation talks, but influences the way that our younger generation thinks. And it bugs me, but it's also interesting at the same time. I cannot stand, and this is exactly what she did here, uh, when you use facts, uh, 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 general facts, which means they, they cover a bunch of different things, while stitching, I use that word specifically, your perspective into a presentation so that it now makes your very specific and your your very narrow not to say she's narrow-minded but her very narrow view and the which way she in the way she delivered this message into a broader situation and it confuses people to either a believe what they're saying is way bigger than what they're saying or helps them believe themselves that what they're saying is true is 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 true or what really happened and what i mean by that <clears throat> is that you're talking about you're saying things like the women of this this company shouldn't have worked as hard as they had to to get on tv first of all that's bullshit Everyone should have to work hard to get on TV. It's TV. It, it's TV. You're a new company, time and sensitive. You got to get your best product forward. Now you're saying you're complaining that people are having X amount of length matches on dark to get them more experience. Well, what the? F no, no, no. She didn't say more experience. She said they're having these matches. Uh, dark doesn't keep me. Now you have all these people sitting around having two or three minute matches on dark. Yes, if you're not up to snuff, you shouldn't be on TV. However, I can provide you a stage where you can start to become comfortable and develop yourself in a situation that would necessarily be on TV. Like in the same scenario, the cameras just aren't on. You should very much so have to do that. 
And as a viewer of AEW in its very beginning, that's what I'm assuming she's talking about because the women in this company is one of the best parts of the company, okay? I'm assuming she's talking about the beginning. There wasn't a lot of great talent, not to say that they weren't good, but there wasn't any grade-A talent that should be on TV that I should be watching. And you're saying all these people coming in. Yeah, I've stated that as well, that what happens to the little guy or the guy that's been there from the beginning, right? Because people value time over quality for some reason. People who, I know whoa, this is going to come out douchey as hell. People who are average value time over skill. And average is being nice. Because it's usually the trash people that say these things. Not in wrestling, specifically in life. Go work at retail. And if someone doesn't get a promotion, when they're clearly bad people, or not bad people, but bad workers, you will get someone who doesn't know about any of this stuff, would say, well, he's been here for a very long time. He deserves a promotion. So when you work at a mid to low level, you value time over skill. Whereas if you're skilled, you'll move on faster and see the fruits of your labor much faster. So when you live within that realm and you start to argue, yeah, well, we've been here from the beginning. We should be getting TV time. That's, that's not how that works anywhere. I don't care what company you're talking about. That's not how this works. And you, and you now you're talking, oh, oh, closed mouths and you know, this wasn't fun. It's not holding me. That's fine. I'm not even saying she was bad. It's, I, I don't really have a judgment on her. I wasn't really looking for her. She didn't stand out to me. But again, that's not to say that she was a bad wrestler. But when this company is trying to come up and they're literally hanging by a thread because they don't have writers, they didn't spend money on writers. They're just going straight off of nostalgia, straight off of hype. And they're trying the best they can. And the moment some of these big guys start to come in, yeah, they're going on TV. That That's going to happen. That has nothing to say about you. You're just not there yet. You're talking, you're going up against, uh, you could be, you're going up against veterans who've been doing this for years on multiple stages that have huge followings. They could send out indie, they can sell out a building in an indie company if they could afford the building. That's how big these people are. It's an almost like an unfair fight. So to, to, to not want to do it anymore because you weren't getting the success that you thought you should have. And she does a very good job at not personalizing this. It comes off very personalized while never putting herself in the situation. So I don't know. That was just, When I read this, my brain just went all over the fucking place. Well, let me finish this last part here. Because this was where the card... This is, this is where the card was played. Here. Right? So... Outside of lack of structure, their biggest, which you're... And we didn't even get to the race part yet. <laughs> no, we didn't get to the race part yet, but their biggest issue, which is diversity. I do not beat around the bush when it comes to diversity and my people. There is no representation, truly. And when there is, it does not come across in black community as genuine at all. I don't know why everybody is so afraid to accept it or say it, but it's not a good look. What happens is... You have this wonderful company that treats people like family, but there's nobody that looks like me that is represented at the top in the room with them. They're not helping to necessarily influence decisions, but to explain why certain slang and certain words shouldn't be said. There's no one else who can explain our culture and experiences except for us. I knew something was up when my daughter, who loves watching wrestling, 
She would watch AEW all the time and seldomly watch WWE. She's not a big fan unless Dad was on TV. Her dad, of course, and uh, Swole's husband, Cedric Alexander, which stopped happening after they botched the Hurt Business. She would say, Mommy, there is nobody that looks like me on AEW. There's nobody that looks like Daddy. Then she started watching AEW, uh, WWE because she saw Bianca and Big E. She saw herself represented. If that wasn't a click, you are absolutely right. I don't have an explanation. It's 2021. Why are people saying it'll take three years for AEW to have a black champ? And this is a scripted sport. It should not take that long if you've been watching WWE for 50 plus years and you know what not to do. So those were her official comments. Tony's response, which is another problem <laughs> all in and of itself. Uh, I, I read this. I laughed. But I, for some reason, I just knew this kind of like, you hate the way this guy fucking talks. The fact that he speaks on anything annoys me, but here we go. I love it. The top two at AEW execs are Brown, me, and Megan, whoever that is. Then we've got Jade, Bowens, Caster, Dante, Nyla, Isaiah, and Mark Quinn. All won on TV this month. The TBS title tournament has been diverse. I let Swole's contract expire as I felt her wrestling wasn't good enough. Hashtag AEW Rampage Street Fight. I like how he disses her and then plugs the show. That was funny. This is a thug. Yeah. So just one more thing I'm going to read, which was, you know, a black guy who happens to be in AEW. It happens to be when she says that fans are saying at least three years or blah, blah, blah. This is the guy they're talking about. Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs had this to say. There is so much that goes into AEW that those online don't see. It often flies under the radar that Tony and Mega, who's Mega, are people of color, and having them in charge of AEW represents progress for pro wrestling. I see firsthand how hard they're working to make wrestling more diverse. I want you all to know that I consider Tony and Mega family. That was a cute line. Considering what she would, oh, uh, he's swole. he's really trying. He's yeah, really swole. trying to get the rub. Swole said they treat you like family, and now here he goes. I feel like Damn, family. Damn, look at him turn on his people and real I'm, quick to get I'm, that belt. They had a word for doing no, that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm disappointed uh-huh. to see their efforts dismissed. People have no idea the time and effort it takes to put shows on and to make AEW an open environment where people like me are seen and heard. Tony works hard. Uh, excuse me, Tony works hand-in-hand with people of color on the roster all the time about their story ideas, input, matches, etc. Not every idea will work, but every idea is listened to and valued. My personal voice has been heard, and I've had input for many of my opportunities. As a black male, I plan on using my voice to do what I can to make sure that this company is diverse. I'm also very aware that diversity comes in many forms. Women, black, Latinx, which was a cute... That was another PC thing he threw in there. East Asian, South Asian, Southeast Asian, that was being silly. LGBTQ+, and more. The diverse, the more diversity, equity, and inclusion we can build in wrestling, the more fans we can engage with, and the more fun we can all have together. AEW was a young company led by people of color heading in the right direction. I'm proud to be a part of that momentum, and I know my colleagues stand beside me when I say that. So, yeah, you can go ahead and say that he's playing the company card. Okay, so uh, real quick, I'm just going to go whoop, right back up here. Because what it really sounds like to me, based on all involved here. She's salty. Diversity ain't the issue. You were the issue. They don't have a I'm, problem with black people. They had a problem with you. My man said, yo, I'm brown. <laughs> 
told how am I? Tony Brown, okay. Tony Khan was like, you know, I'm not white, right? Yeah, I, you, I know I have pale skin, but I am not. I got the glasses of a white guy, but I've never actually been. Here's my here's. Let's start at the root of this. She's saying that AEW was not that diverse, and she was slick because she didn't say that it wasn't. There was a lack of diversity in the company. She said there was a lack of diversity on top. Because she knows damn well and good she was surrounded by fucking black eyes and girls in that locker room when she was there. But not on top, okay? Fair enough. If you look and at- if I'm not mistaken, a black trans as well. Like, how diverse can you get in that locker room? Look. Look, <laughs> she's wait. She's, there's two of them. Yeah, there's, there's two. two trans. Yeah, there's and two. one of them is killing the women's division. By the way, yes, exactly. But again, this does not come across as a diversity issue. It comes across as a they didn't like you issue. This whole thing, women shouldn't have to fight for the time they have on TV. I don't know about anybody else, but every time I turn on Dynamite, I see women. Yeah, I don't see her. That's that's the problem. I, I, I turn on the TV, I see black people. I'm okay, I don't see listen, her. I'm okay with that argument. But it's what I'm okay with all of this argument. But the moment you start bringing color into it is where you lose me. Here's another issue that I have with these statements. Let's go right back up here because this is the one that made me fucking angry. Ooh, filled with rage. Heart. Here it is here. We don't, where, where is that fucking line at? Because I want to read it fucking verbatim. Just so I don't have that right here. Here we go, right here. There's no writers in a sense. I'm bolding this right now as I read it. Not everyone is comfortable writing their own things. Closed mouths don't get fed. No shit, dingbat. You mean to tell me that in a work environment where your job is to be entertaining on TV every fucking week, that if you don't have the ability to be funny or entertaining in any way on TV, that you shouldn't be penalized mm. for that? And thus, and thus the eye-opening realization what the on fuck why WWE about? works. Because half the roster wants to be spoon-fed. Jesus Christ, tell me you, <laughs> you suck at your job without telling me you suck at your job. Did you just actually admit out loud that you cannot do the things that you're supposed to do as a wrestler? I can't believe my ears. I'm getting a lot of this. I, were you on with me when I had the... Uh, no, I think you might have not been here that day when I got into it online about the whole... I shared a picture. That someone else made. I didn't make it, but I shared it. And I shared it because I co-signed it. So for everybody who's like, well, you can't backtrack on it. Now, I'm not backtracking on nothing. I believe wholeheartedly that this shit is true. That there was somebody who had made this status about the industry being taken over. Being being uh, just ransacked right now by people with no charisma, no personality, all the passion in the world. Oh, I've always wanted to do this, but you can't do it. You uh, I put it like, this is the way that I said it on the episode. If if there was a kid who grew up his whole life wanting to be a doctor, that's all he's wanted to do his whole life. He's watched every show. He's got all the Doc Mix stuff in merch. You know, he just wants to be a fucking doctor. It's a dream of his. I would love to help people and be a doctor. And then he went to school and he studied and he went to study to be a doctor. And it turns out he's not really good at it. He's not learning the language well. He's having a problem with the study notes. He doesn't identify all the muscles and everything he needs. To, all the stuff that he needs to be a good doctor. He can't do it. Well, should he be allowed 
would you accept him as your main physician and practitioner, knowing full well he can't do shit, but he really wants to. You know, he's been dreaming of this his whole life. Would you take him as your doctor with your personal health? Would you trust him just because he felt so strongly about the profession? No. If your house is on fire and you call the fire department and they sent the dude who doesn't know his ass from his wristwatch, but he's going he's gonna to put your fire out. Uh, he's not really good at this, but, you know, he's been wanting to be a fireman his whole life. So give him a chance and hopefully not all your shit will burn. No. At some point, you have to be good at this. She got to the stage because she has some skill. And she has the ability in ring to do some cool shit. But then she got put on TV position and she can't do TV shit. They found out. So she was gone. And now it's because, you know, she she decided to get ahead of it. She's doing the whole quitting before I get fired bullshit. Cause right. was, because according to him, he wasn't resigning anyway. He didn't feel the need to fire her for her lack of whatever. He just, yeah, he, he, let, just, he let her contract go just in case. He did what every other TV producer would do if he was locked into a contract. He waited for it to expire, and in that meantime, he didn't use you. Why use you if I'm going to let you go? Right. Everybody else was on TV but you. This is not a lie. If you're going to try to tell me that the women in AEW need more time on TV, that's subjective. I'll hear that argument. I'll hear that conversation. Sure. Between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa stealing the show, they just had a street fight between four women that stole the show on Rampage just the other day. The women in the AEW have been having a pretty good run so far. The TBS tournament went off without, with flying colors. Everything went fine. Everything's going fine in the division. It could be better, but time will make it better. Because right. just like you, a lot of these women don't have TV experience like that. So they're learning on the fly here. It's going to get better. And you're going to tell me that the reason you left AEW is because you're a black woman and there's not enough black women in the industry, so you thought your solution to not enough black women would be to eliminate yourself from the equation? AEW doesn't have enough black women, so as a black woman, I'm going to get out of here because what? Yeah. That was your solution to equality, to not exist anymore? To not try harder. Yeah, you... Your argument is AEW needs to be more diverse, so you lessened their black numbers by one, as opposed to sitting in there and encouraging them and talking to them and pitching talent to them. Hey, check out this girl. Hey, check out this guy. Look at Calvin Tankman out there killing it. Look at Shane Taylor, who is now available from Ring of Honor, who had that SOS club going, who that whole troop would be dope in AEW. No, you don't want to be the solution to the problem. You want to add to it. Well, that's why I left AEW. It's not as diverse. So, well, it's the definitely less diverse it's now. It's less diverse now. You made an argument that it wasn't fair that they brought in new people to take up TV time from people like you because you'd been there longer. But your main issue with the company is they haven't brought in more people. That's the problem? The people... well. Bring in more people, but bring in dark people. Don't bring in more white people. You don't think if Bianca Belair came over to AEW, she wouldn't be champion tomorrow? It's not even the case. She. This is my 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 point. Is it's got nothing to do with it. Has nothing to do with not her situation. Blacks, no, no, black specifically. Yeah, it has to do with the talent in the building and doing the best you can with what you have. 
which is why I raised the point. If Bianca Belair walked through that door today, she'd be the champion tomorrow. Yeah, she'd be the so champion So it's tomorrow. not a matter of racism. It's a matter of talent. Yeah, and because they're so sold on Jade, they would probably have Bianca beat Britt tomorrow. And she'd be the women's champion, not the TBS champion. So stop. This doesn't have anything to do with If you want to make the argument that it's, it's quote-unquote, not dark enough in the main event scene, you know, on the main event level, you've got an argument. But again, you wasn't thinking about that when they offered you your contract the first time around. And what's the, what's the other girl that with the white hair? They love her, but she, she, has, a, she has an issue, though, right? Like there's a, like something out of her control that they're, like, weary about. We talked about it. Yeah. But they love her. Yeah, they love you her. You could tell they love her. She she also, Jade also has come out publicly and stated that she's also unhappy with the lack of diversity in AEW. But you know what Jade did? She deactivated her Twitter. That was it. That's it. That's all she did. She's still in the company making moves, trying to make things happen. You gotta she's persevere, now, she man. She now is the first ever TBS champion, a black woman. They had a long list of white women they could have put in that position. They didn't. And trust me, before anybody says it, they didn't give Jade the belt because of Swole's comments. That shit was already in the plans. That tournament was for Jade. It had nothing to do with nothing else. You know what's fucked up too? It's a catch twenty two, right? I don't. I, I hate. I don't think anybody should talk race if there isn't a white person at the helm. If there's a white person at the helm, I will. I won't dismiss you because you never know what's going on back there. That's fine. But if there is someone of color in the helm, regardless if he's Afri- African American or Middle Eastern or whatever that whatever they are, of some sort. It doesn't matter if they're of some color. The moment you start barking racism, I'm looking at you different. I just I just am. Because now what you're doing is, even if that's the way you feel, that's fine. But what you're doing is, is now you're making Jade's reign as champion only because she's black. Her not because she worked hard. The word. Not because she did everything she had to do to get there. But because you complained about it, and now she's the champion. Yeah. What what Swole's comments do now is it makes Hobbs, when he steps up and says something like that... Is because he's black. Yeah. Well, it makes him feel the word I was going to tease earlier, but I'll go ahead and say it now. He comes off Uncle Tomish. Yeah. It feels like, well, he's just saying that because he knows that he's in line for a push. What if he feels he, that way? And he could genuinely be feeling that. He, lo- he could love the company. Yeah. He really could. I'm sure that he does. He was an indie guy who had just started out. Who wasn't making any money? He got signed on a tryout basis, and now he's earned, working with CM Punk. Yes, exactly. And Taz. And, and now, if he sits there, he's living says, a dream right yeah, now. And now, if he sit there and says that I'm living a dream and I'm happy where I'm at, he's on. He's on Uncle Tom now. Yes, because now Swole's out here because of person, your comments. Yeah, because of his her comments. Now, anybody that defends the company is a piece of shit. Who who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about? And I don't even think you can be an Uncle Tom. To a brown person. Yeah. <laughs> well, if this, well, you know, blacks, black people are going to spin that. They're going to say, yeah, he's brown, but he ain't one of us. But, but he ain't black. Brown. Exactly. But, dude, even if you're light-skinned and fully black, you're still not one of us. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's, yeah. Your, what's your point? Like, yeah. I, I get it. Trust me. I get it. I am not. We are not ignorant. Plus, and I'll speak for you 
for this one particular moment. We are not ignorant to the fact that the darker your skin, the harder it is. We yeah, get it. Duh. We understand that. We understand that. But that doesn't mean that we're not all the same. We all get looked at the same. You might think that I have more privilege because my skin is a little bit lighter than yours. Yeah. But when I walk into the bodega, I get stared at just like you do. Yeah. Yeah. The, the opposing team doesn't see the separation that you. Right. Do. We are having a civil war for no reason. We all feel the same pain. That's always been the case. I don't know how many podcasts I've heard where they have that exact, that dark skin versus light skin conversation. I really do. And I've heard it from so many different people over the years. So I know that it's just going to rage on and on and on and on and on and on. As far as the main event scene goes, when she goes, there's no real diversity. There's, you you know, why would it take three years to make a black champion. Well, here's the deal, princess. Did you take a look at who founded this company? Kenny Omega. Cody Rhodes. The Young Bucks. I don't think any one of them once sat back and said, you know where we really need to push the industry further? Black people. I don't think that conversation's ever happened. I don't That's think not the, fair. That, that makes think, them look bad. I even if think, it... Hold on, hold on. I don't think one time over at the ranch down in Cucamonga in California... When they were mm. sipping on mimosas during their breakfast, mm. that they once said, "I think we need to more push a more Negro centric vibe in pro wrestling." I want to push myself, but I'd rather push them. Yeah, they founded this company literally for no other reason other than to put themselves on fucking a national stage without blowing vents. That is the reason this company exists, and they fucking Don't did it. Let the flyer fool you do not let the propaganda move you that's what it's for now that does not mean that it can't be a good thing there's a lot of people eating off that train right now absolutely i I would eat off that train right now i'll go to AEW before i ever go to wwe that's a fact and there's a lot of people in the industry that feel that way but i would come to aew with the realization of what this is this is not the open world system you think it is they're not trying to better the world of professional wrestling. Look at their product and tell me that to my face. That's not what this is. They created an alternate opportunity than WWE. That's it. So if you want to change the perception of diversity, yes, it's going to take a while. This whole, it's a scripted sport. I love, I love. That was a when, cheap shot that when, she said that too. I love it. I, because that's the first indication to me. I know you're hurt. I know you're mad, mad now. Because it's always the people who can't do it the way that it's supposed to be done. When they lead on the whole, it's all pretend. That's mm. that's the first that's indication nasty. to a person in the industry. If you're in the business, that is the first indication to you, the person you're talking to, doesn't know how this works and doesn't because in her brain in her brain she's letting the world know that that we we as an our people or my people as she said my people aren't on top is because they choose not to put them there yeah they but what she's really saying is this wrestling is fake it's all fake it's all bullshit and none of it means anything Right. She's ruining her own argument because even if they do put a black guy there now, let's say Powerhouse Powerhouse Hobbs runs through Brian Danson, gets right to Adam Page, wins the belt in two months at Revolution. 
What does it mean? It's all scripted. It's all bullshit. Right. What value does it have? It has no value. You devalue. He either it. only got it because because people were complaining about diversity, or he only got it because he blew the white man, which is weird because the man is white. Yeah. She she in my opinion, she ruined Jade Cargill's big title win. Yep. Because now all anybody could talk about. Well, they only put the belt on her because of Swole. Yep. They're not talking about the fact that. Jade, to cover up. Jade went through a master's class because she's trying to catch up. She's green as shit. She hasn't been doing this for very long. But she was in the ring with Ruby Soho, Thunder Rosa. She's getting in the ring with the best. Right. And instead of people going, well, she's learning on the fly. She did everyone, well, it was Big Swole's comments. That's why they did that. Meanwhile, this plan was in place when Swole was there. Before she even got released. All that, all those months of planning, all those months of preparation, of doing exactly what she stated, making the division more diverse. And then she goes in one, in one foul swoop and buries all of it. And then leaves. She doesn't, she's not even with the company anymore. <clears throat> nope. And this is, this is where I will contradict myself willingly. After all that bullshit I said about Antonio Brown, this is, this is where I learn to not be an Antonio Brown because <laughs> I've learned, look, look, I can do much more. I can change much more outside of me if I just kill my ego. If I kill my ego and allow myself to endure whatever it is my body is telling me is bad, because at the end of the day, it's your brain manipulating you, right? It's your thoughts, what you've grown up with, all that stuff. All that is manipulating you and blinding you from what could be or what your future could be. So if we take the ego hit today and do the best you can to work harder, shrug it off your shoulders and do whatever it is to get to where your goal is. You can make more of a difference to your people by being someone who took the route, saw better ways to do it, and you being there, people will listen to your path and take on what you've done to improve it as well. But when you quit, because of your ego, all of that goes out the window. And then when you complain on top of that, It gets even worse. There's I just nothing don't you can understand do the that. argument. I quit because it's not diverse. But they hired you. They hate black people so much. They hired you. And I love the fact that <laughs> I love the fact that both sides, neither Big Swole or Tony Khan, mentioned that the chief branding officer of AEW was Brandy Rhodes, who's black. One of the executives. Cody Rhodes' wife is an African-American. I think, he, I think because he's trying to steer away from that whole Cody shit. But anyway. No, but I'm, ta- I'm him, yes. Swole, what's stopping her? Swole, yes. For him, if he would have mentioned that, I would have said something different about I him. I could say, I could see why he didn't. Right. What was stopping her tongue from mentioning it? I, I don't know. Because she doesn't give a fuck. It didn't fit her narrative. Simple. It didn't support what she was trying to get across. One of the executives, not even one. I'll say one for this, because I don't know who Mega or Megha or whatever the fuck her name is. I don't know who that is. But 
We know Tony Khan, yes, he's a person of color, but he's not black. Brandy's black. So what's what's the deal with that? Right. Not even mentioned. Not even a thing. I don't think she really has and, power, and, though. And, well, not a, if you look at the reality series that they have. That side shit, man. I'm talking about Jesus, AEW. Jesus Christ. She does not have power in AEW. Well, Brandy? Yes. Hmm. She doesn't. Tony Khan's gone on there recently and said that he's pretty much taken all that power away from everybody and that he's calling the shots now. Huh? They said Megha was brown? I'm looking at the... I'm looking at her pictures now. She's brown? That name. It's, she's I, all, all I did was put AEW and the first name that he put because I don't even know who this person is. Apparently, she is the senior vice president and chief legal officer of AEW. She's the boss boss. She's like right underneath Tony. She's like right there. I have never seen this woman in my life, and I'm looking at her now. I'm on her Instagram. And she's definitely not white. Well, that's for sure. I was going to say, but what? what? I'm like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, what the hell are you? I'm looking at her. I'm like, oh, he's not he's, Okay, all right. Not to sound racist, okay? Oh, okay. But I the, see her last name. She's Indian. Yeah, that, listen, okay. I, right. like I said, not to sound racist, <laughs> but I clicked on one of her pictures, and it. I don't even know if that's. I don't know if that's her or not, but it looks like her. I got all kinds in like of a doctor images. suit, and I'm like, oh, she look Indian. <laughs> yeah, she look Indian, yeah. I didn't notice until I saw the last name, and I was like, okay, now the last name's helping me put her facial features together. I was like, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. The, right. My first look at her, she is definitely not white. Tony, that's not the brown she's talking about. Um, there's, there's a different, there's a different type of brown, and uh, that ain't it. So. I was it don't of, it don't count. I was looking at it for the benefit of the doubt. I was like, let me just make sure all my T's are crossed here. And it's like, nope, nope, that's not the brown she's talking about. Brandy though, Brandy is the brown she's talking about. So I don't know why that never came up at all. But anyway, yeah, I think, I think the fact that Brandy didn't come up on either side kind of proves your point that Brandy doesn't really have any power in that company. No, at all. she doesn't. I don't think she's she like. Does. But for real though, Brandy's like whatever. That that family's trying to get back into good graces right now. <laughs> See, there's the good graces of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you can they tell. Got, they got a little same same thing with um same thing with uh the other guys. Yeah. But he got a little power hungry. He just went power hungry in the wrong direction and the other guys didn't like it. And now everyone's in a a battle with trying to everyone's in know, a tiff. Yeah, pretty much. But oh, yeah, this shit's stupid. That shit is dumb. You're salty. I get it. I mean, you're allowed to be salty. I, I give people the right to react the way that they. I, I keep the same energy yeah. I did earlier that Don't I do me. now with her. She's allowed, but just because you're angry and you're frustrated doesn't mean you void the the responsibility to make a proper argument in your decision. Because the moment. The moment you start saying shit to say shit, same thing I said earlier, you take a, 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 a big problem and you stitch your issue through it to make it make your issue seem larger than it is, I start to have a problem. And it's because it's not a very easy thing to understand and could easily you could easily get lost in the sauce with some of this shit. And when she brings up her child, my brain just goes all over the place because 
yes, is it impossible for your child to to see something and go, hey, there's no one on here that looks like me. But for me personally and the kids that I've been around, I don't think that's the way children think. So it really just depends on how old the kid is, I guess. But at the same time, to me, that's some type of in-the-house shit. Like, I understand pride of your culture and all that stuff. That's fine, too. But again, when my brain, when I hear someone say that their child says, hey, there's no one on here looks like me. And then to make it even worse, that can't even be what was said. I think she's referring to a champion. That's really specific for a kid to pick up. So, you know what I mean? Like, there are, there are African-Americans reason, on TV, reason, yeah. so there is representation. Yeah, that's so what are we talking about? If your daughter hasn't seen anyone on TV that looks like her, she's not watching the program. Because Yeah, so, so then we're talking specifically. Red, Red Velvet's sitting right there, and I'm pretty sure we, they look pretty similar to each other. We, we specifically are talking about championship. But that's not what she said when she referred to her child saying that there's no one that looks yeah, like her. No one that looks like her on the program. Which on the child, program. Only reason a child would ask that is if they're so used to hearing the parents say shit like that. Thank you. That's, that's what it. I'm saying. I've never like, heard a kid say that shit in my entire life. D- I, dude, and that's why I, that, to me, me, I, me, I start to depict your character when I hear things like that. Yeah. Right? So, like, what what do you talk about? What's your focus? I'm not saying that it's a bad focus, but at the same time, if that's the way you feel about things, what are you doing to fix it? I don't even care that she's teaching her daughter to look out for that kind of stuff because, to be honest with you, I, and, didn't, I, I don't I'm think it's saying, wrong. I'm not saying that you're saying that. I'm, I'm just adding on to it by saying mm-hmm. that I don't think it's a, a terrible thing that she has her kid looking for it. Right, because I think in our culture and in the culture, the African American culture, that's something that you have to kind of be resident of. Mm-hmm. It's an important thing. That's something that goes beyond wrestling. That's not right. A, that's not a sport based thing. So the- I appreciate the fact that she's teaching her daughter that. But you got to differentiate. This is not one of those situations. And 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 I know that she feels strongly about it. And who knows? There might be a Hobbs went to the defense, but that's what he wrote on Twitter. We don't know what's going on inside his own head. We don't know if inside he's actually feeling somewhere deep down where it's like, well, you know what? Maybe it's not as diverse as it could be. He's going to try to solve the diversity issue from inside, not from the outside. He's not going to go on some random ass podcast after. Now, I'm not saying she did that. This is her own podcast. But Hobbs is not going to go on somebody else's podcast and just start wailing on them for diversity while he's sitting at home. You were an opportunity for them to be less to be more diverse and and you took your ball and you went home. Yep. If you didn't want to be there, that's fine. But don't sit here and play that they're the villains for this car when they they weren't diverse when you got there. You can make an argument they got more diverse after you left than when you got there. Right. So that's not going to help your case at all whatsoever. And since you went public with this and you already didn't do that well on the WWE tryout, I guess we can rule that out. So maybe Impact, because Impact will put their women in the main event. Now you're Antonio Brown. And now you are Antonio Brown. <laughs> and That's nobody it. wants to be Antonio Brown except for maybe Antonio Brown. <laughs> He's debating it himself, but even in that situation. So, yeah, a lot went down this week. Didn't I didn't have an opportunity to not have any topics to talk about this week, so that was fun. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I was yoked for it, so there you go. All right, so. That is episode 218. Uh, I've been through a little bit of a remodeling thing 
for the Podbean. Uh, I've added a few more things. I've started changing things. This whole no school thing is awesome. Because now I could just come home and just literally work on the things I want to work on, and I'm super hyped about my life right now. Ooh, so I've been, I've been, that's a good uh, feeling. I got the link tree all figured out. That's getting posted everywhere. Again, folks, uh, you can support the show by heading over to AJOUM.com. Very simple, very nice, and neat website right there. Only, what's that, two, five, three, eight letters and a dot. That's it. Head over to that website there. Get yourself some T-shirts, some cups. Some beach towels, all like my son says, beach towels? Question mark. There's all that stuff <laughs> there. All that stuff is there. You can support the show in that way. Uh, I keep being told about a Patreon. I I don't know what the hell goes on that, so I don't fucking know. But we'll work all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, that would be something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, that's uh, something I gotta look into or whatever like that. But all the social media stuff is there. All the different platforms, stuff like that. I still have the pro wrestling tea store, but I'm not pushing it as hard. I don't really care because even though they get a cut, the um, the actual merch store that I created has way more options on it and far more affordable for you guys. So I'm not even I'm not even going to go through the process of deleting the Pro Wrestling T-Store. It's there. It's whatever. And sometimes they run sales. So sometimes it might be a little bit more affordable. I don't know. So I'll leave it all out there for you guys to do stuff. Not just Orsini's Uncensored Mind stuff, but you can also catch. You can get your hands, I should say, on some sweet, sweet Deceive Dave merch. Which mm. is on the AJOUM.com webpage. You can go and get all of your merch needs concerning Orsini's uncensored mind. Um, Mickey James got announced to the Royal Rumble, but I have an announcement. Uh, we haven't done a roundtable on a pay per view in forever for multiple reasons. One of which, of course, paramount of moats, uh, the most paramount reason, of course, is I couldn't give less of a shit. It's physically impossible for me to give less of a shit right. for the pay per views they've been putting up. But the Rumble is always dope. So I'm going to do one for the Rumble. We're going to get together. We're going to get some people together. And uh, there might be some new voices on the show for that. There's another podcast that has some great, great people on it that I've been talking to recently. Um, We may be doing a joint show for the Rumble. So keep your eyes open for that. It'll be a nice little crossover. I've never done one of those except for... Pombo's conversation and Stephen James's hive mind uh, radio stuff, which, by the way, actually it's kind of ironic. But I think let me let me pull it up here it's in, so that it's in front of me. Dave, we've been invited, you and I, oh together, oh uh, as a tandem. First see, time. I think it was Pombo. Let me go back to my messages. Here we go. Uh, Pombo messaged and asked if. Dave, and, uh, can you and Dave, me and you, be a guest on Disc Dungeon to do a rock and wrestling episode? Disc Dungeon is their music podcast, and okay. I guess he's going to be doing an episode when it comes to themes and wrestling. Right. So he would like to see if we can come on. So we hey, can, set it up. We got to set it up. Set it up. Yeah. We got to make it happen. Make it happen, Captain. So, uh, hey, we're going to be doing some big things in 2022. Some big things, some big things. So I hope you uh, hope you can you can fit us into your schedule. <laughs> as busy as it might be coming up, you're gonna have the wildest year of your life. I'm ready for it. Uh, 2022 is gonna be an even bigger year for you than it is for me because I ain't I ain't doing half the shit you're doing. Trust me. What does that mean? Yeah, you know what that means when uh, when you make your announcement. We'll delve more into those comments. Oh yeah, okay, I'm I got not you. doing yeah, nearly yeah. as much this year as you. Are. <laughs> Yeah, I, fair I, enough. I paid my dues on that end. That fucker's in there watching cartoons right now. 
Fair enough. But, yeah, so you, uh, we'll talk more about that this dungeon thing. That's not, you know, precedent like right now, but we'll figure that out. But the Royal Rumble yeah. will be coming up, I believe, in about two or three weeks. Actually, from here, one, two, yeah. So not this weekend, not the next. I think it's the next week. So we've got time. Right. And I hope to get those voices on the program. They'll do something really, really cool with that. I got a cool game that I want us to play concerning the Royal Rumble. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. We'll be live. It'll be dope. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing. And, of course, this is always the most important part for me anyway. Thank you guys for enjoying episode 218. This is my daddy's 200th episode. If you love the soul, buy some T-shirts, mugs, tank tops, beats to house, phone cases. Go to H-A-O-U-N.com. This is my daddy's 200th episode. The soul keeps him busy, and he's not playing with me, so stop listening. But, but he's actually going to me, so I won't play.